Some of the content of Patriots Unfiltered may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The world's original podcast. Welcome to Patriots Unfiltered. What is Shapiro's? Ah, uh, it's a deli. Have you there? there? Yeah, have you been there? That was yeah, yeah. yeah. <coughs> I've been there. I don't, well, I don't, and of course, we had to sit next to some old lady coughing up a lung uh, the whole time next to us. <laughs> ruined the whole meal. We were all bummed out. I don't know how COVID didn't get her. Brady screwed it up <laughs> by keep staying good. Yeah, yeah. that jerk. Kept by winning, winning titles. Super Bowls. Yeah. You know? I didn't enjoy Much it. Much to the chagrin of really, Mike I didn't care for it, you know? Got that kind of positioning where if you if you go too high, it, it, it stops dead in its track. And he was just like, and just pushed it no problem. Then you I see the other this. guys kind of go to sound effects. I was 20 years in a row. Uh, doing that thing. There's a plaque at the Weber Grill. <laughs> uh, no, no doubt. That's I got a problem saying, with that. Is it Brown the same like, thing? Like little Paul Perilla wearing Patriot footy pajamas fanboy is really upset with that. Potential Matt Jones trade to the Raiders. <laughs> if the Raiders are willing to offer the number seven pick. <laughs> <laughs> nope. This is Patriots Unfiltered. Fueled by Duncan. All right, welcome into Patriots Unfiltered. It is Deuce in the host chair today. Unfortunately, Fred uh, got boss man things to do, so it's uh, it's just the three guys. It's just the three of us today. Is he even in, or is he playing hooky? I think he's working. Yeah. I think he's definitely working. I saw him. He was doing stuff, but yeah, just us. The girls are off. Uh, we got to shout out Emma Green the last day here, so uh, they're taking her out to lunch. So uh, so it'll just be us here. You will be missed. Emma, you Emma. will be missed. Yeah, she wanted. We were going to play some Sarah McLaughlin music for, her, but uh, we couldn't get the rights to it in time. So um, Evans just, just sing, sing it. <laughs> I will remember you. Yeah. All right. There we go. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> plenty on the docket today because we got free agency coming up. Of course, the huge uh, resigning news this morning for the Patriots, which uh, we'll, which we'll jump into. Should we get into the big Jets trade? Uh, we get Jets trade, uh, um, a Jets release, and a Jets trade. Sounds like they're putting their ducks in a row. Yeah, I, I'm annoyed <laughs> about Adam Schefter. Just what was he how doing? many times is he going to do that? <laughs> Not the trade you thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> like I, just, he did the same thing. During the season, about something I forget now, but that's his little it's trademark. His shtick doesn't work. Yeah, doesn't work. Doesn't it, just do what you do. Anyway, the Jets made a trade for like Chuck uh, Clark, Chuck Clark yeah. which is I think Starter. a good, good, good trade for them. Tough guy. They had some depth at safety, so they're give up a seventh round pick for him, something like for that a, for a guy who can start. I mean, that's and let the uh, the Braxton Berrios hype train begin. It's got to be tough. Be I'm tough in. letting go of a player. I'm like on that. the train. <laughs> you take him. Yeah, you, you. I mean, I I just think if you're gonna if Jacoby walks in free agency, just adding another body to that can play the slot role is not a bad idea. I'm not saying he's the answer, but yeah. it's just adding another guy that can come in and compete for some snaps there. I'll, I'll say this. Ringing endorsement. I would much rather have Braxton Berrios than Slade Bullock. <laughs> yeah, that's true. At least Braxton Berrios is a good player. But he we can were, run. Yeah. yeah. We were diving a little bit into into Berrios. Um and Paul, I mean, I'm sure you don't remember. I don't know how he looked in what 18, and then I'm, 19 was the second year here, I think, and basically got beat out by Jacoby. I guess would would be. And he, I think he had some. And Gunner, that's a good one too. He was hurt a lot too. Yeah. He was banged up in that in first summer. year. I mean, that Miami kid. What's that Miami kid's name? Oh, the UDFA out of that, Miami. Oh yeah, Fred loved him. What was Jeff that? Thomas? Jeff, maybe. Yes. Oh God. Yes. Everybody loved him. Another one. Yeah, Fred was all aboard that hype train too. We kept calling him like. Jeff something else. The entire Patriots <laughs> Twitter. Jeff Antonio Brown Thomas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So He's fast, right? So Evans with it. It's, uh. I know Fred likes to think like, well, how do you come up with these go? How do you remember? No. You know, there's validation. There's at least one other person that remembers the hype 
you know, for, for a guy that was like, you know. Did he even make it into camp? Like, I feel like we didn't even really no. see him. I don't camp. think he ever got in uniform. No. Yet. And and then he also, he's been bouncing around uh, USFL, XFL, XFL, one of those, and he's not even an impact player <laughs> in that league. It's disappointing. I had really high hopes after what Fred told us about him. Uh, of course, the Patriots, I was, I was being a little facetious at the top. They did resign James Ferentz, who I guess this would, he's been with the Patriots the last five years, has filled in a bunch, three starts last year. So, you know, I, I know people get worked up about these ones. I'm just like, this is Who just gets like, worked up about those? I, there are people on Twitter, Paul. I'm surprised you didn't see them. Uh, you know, oh, if they're going to keep doing it this way, it's like, these are just like housekeeping things to make sure that you have a football. You gotta team have that, some depth, that, like I mean, in your offensive line. There's a guy that they know can play all three spots. And, you know, in, 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 you know, in a storm, you can put him in, and he he, he won't, uh, you know, cause it to completely collapse. Is he going to get the job done? You know, impeccably, no, but it's not going to completely collapse on you. Yeah. Like, yeah, what's wrong with having guys like that? Definitely has some maybe future coach potential as well. In him too. Family of coaches. With that last name? I know he helped a lot last year in that department with the staff being what it was. And he, he was someone that was involved a little the bit. Staff there. being what it was. Well, there you go. I mean, yeah. and a little bit of an it's interesting deep dive. His dad was one of the originators of the wide zone and bringing that, you know, from college into the pros. And uh, I'm sorry, from the pros to college, actually, because I think Pittsburgh was the first one to really kind of start it. And then he was among the first in the late. 70s early 80s I think to kind of bring it to the NFL so when we were also obsessed with wide zone last year I was like oh the Ferrance is there I mean he should know so so I guess Captain it, it serves to serves to, to the yeah. point yeah I mean in a in a perfect world uh, a guy like Chase and Hines last year who we didn't yeah. get to see a whole lot of um or you know Cody Ru- Cody Ru- yeah I yeah. mean you know th- those guys Roosty. in year two are to the point where they're uh, more attractive candidates to fill the backup interior roles. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then you can do what you've done countless times to Ferentz and, and let him go and probably be pretty comfortable with the ability to bring him back if you need to. Yeah, I think Chase and Hines is a good one. I mean, he um, kind of like body type on Wenyu, kind of more of a thicker guard, like that kind of a s- little bit more of a size. But with on Wenyu being a free agent, I, th- I thought that's an interesting – you know, as you approach the draft, we're talking about some interior guys. Do they take a flyer, you know, on an interior developmental guy if they don't really, if they're not that high on Hines to, you know, potentially ensure if on when and when you were to leave. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's another one of those like little draft things where you're like, yeah, yeah, they could see them grabbing one of those guys. I mean, it'd be great though. And they have Hines 11 picks, something. right? 11 picks. Projected, yeah. We haven't gotten the official. Yeah, projected. We'll, we'll yeah. We don't know for sure days. about the, uh, yeah. the comp picks. But with 11 picks, you're going to pick two or three offensive linemen. Yeah. So that's the way it should work. And rather than, and I know I rant on this all the time, but rather than, you know, uh, a big money extension for Shaq Mason and a franchise tag for Joe Tooney, who were both excellent players, Michael Wenyu, I think, is an excellent player. He d- does a really good job. But, like, you would ideally be able to let those guys walk because you have, I mean, Wenyu was a sixth-round pick. Yep. Chasen Hines, I think, was a sixth-round pick too, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, day three. hopefully he – you know, shows the ability. Now, not, I'm not saying that all you guys look. There's a lot of Corey Hilliards and uh, Clint Oldenburgs oh, that get go. drafted down there that don't wow. ever come in the, in, in the NFL, right? John Halapio. Yeah, <laughs> oh, wow. like, well, although he did actually stick in the NFL yeah, with the did. Giants. He did. Here, um, I'm, I'm not suggesting that every offensive lineman you take in the fifth, sixth, and seventh round is a potential Michael Owenu. No, that's a high end hit, yeah. Michael Owenu in the sixth round. 
but you got to hope that Chase and Hines is, is at least or someone like that. It doesn't have yeah. to be him specifically. Do you remember though? I mean, can, and then fill in. And then when you was uh, gosh, this starting to blend together. He was twenty twenty. Yes. Yeah, twenty twenty. Yeah. Weird camp, of course. Um, but I just remember instantly. You could just kind of tell. I think this guy can play. They're moving him around a little bit. He just seems to be out there with the top group a lot. Like, well, that's what you can just tell. Just early to on, me. It, it seemed like, yeah. I mean, no, until you get to one-on-ones. and, and It's so funny. Out. Like, um, you watch and you're just like, well, so, and we always have our phraseology to keep us out of trouble in terms of don't talk about starters and whatnot. Yeah. He's in a group that included David Andrews and, you know, <laughs> um, so you saw him out there getting high-end reps. And then, you know, the, the flip side of that would be Ronnie Perkins who for two training camps I don't think is taking more than five reps with anybody that you would ever have heard of. So in your mind, you're like, well, this guy's having a really good camp. This guy's having a bad camp. But in reality, you're just basing it on who they're playing with. Yeah, Marnie Perkins, huh? What did you think of him coming out? I liked him coming out, but I wasn't 100% sure about his fit in a 3-4. Yeah. Uh, he was a an even front defensive end, hand in the dirt kind yeah. of guy, 4-3 end. And then they brought him here and they wanted to transition him to a stand-up outside linebacker, which has been the goal. And that's a little bit of a transition to be up on your feet versus with your hand in the dirt. And I don't think it's necessarily gone swimmingly yeah. uh, in, in that sense of it. I think it's he's a little... He's gotten hurt. Yeah, that hasn't helped. I, I don't know. I mean, you would like to think kind of along Paul's point with Josh Uche coming up and Anthony Jennings coming up and that class coming up that a guy like Ronnie Perkins, if you don't want to overextend to bring Josh Uche right. back, then Ronnie Perkins is supposed to be a top 100 guy that's the next guy in line to, to bring that uh, you know position, that next wave at that position. So... I think that the bummer that if you're a Patriots fan right now, and this is sort of, I think, a good way to putting it, is that they used to be able to be a year ahead of these types of things, but now they have so many immediate holes on the roster that they can't take a first-round edge to be a year ahead of Judon and uh, you know uh, Uche and Jennings and those guys going being in contract years and Judon maybe getting up there in age. You can't do that anymore because you need a left tackle to play tomorrow. You know, And, and I think that that's just where they're at and Back in the past, I hear that a lot of, oh, well, why aren't the Patriots a year ahead of things anymore like they used to be? And I think it's because they they have too many holes in the immediate to yeah. be planning for the future like that. But yeah, and that and that's what the difference was. And I totally agree with Evan's entire assessment. There is when it was going at its best, when the when the when the program was operating at its peak efficiency. That's what it was. It was we're gonna draft Nate Solder in the first round knowing that Matt Light's still going to be here and we we can take our time inserting yeah uh, Nate Solder into start now he ended up playing a lot because I think that was the uh, Seabass got hurt yeah he got he played right yeah. tackle right, so he ended up playing a lot anyway but the uh, you know the idea is my first round pick might be the third tackle this year and that's okay because I'm good and when I you know when I'm drafting like that and then you went to that gap you know, from whatever it was, 17, 18, 19, 20. Didn't get a lot of, you know, high-impact players out of those drafts. Those are the guys that should be playing big roles. And now I think you did have, you know, a couple of players out of 20. You get Duggar and uh, Uche. Uche and um, Owenyu. Those guys are coming up now. It's quick. It's, yeah. You know, it, it happens fast. So you have to figure out, is it going to be like it was back in the first part of the dynasty or – 
the second part of the dynasty when you had trouble replacing those guys. Yeah, you brought up you know Volmer and Solder and the transitions at tackle, and I think it's something that that Evan and I were, were talking about. We just um, by the way we're doing new mock drafts. We did a video and and everything, but we were you know I think that's what we're trying to figure out is. The first piece of it is what is Trent Brown? You know, is Trent Brown a left tackle? Is Trent Brown a right tackle? Is Trent Brown headed out of town? Uh, the second part of it is: Do you hit free agency? Do you, you know, do you oh, do you invest big money in one of these guys that's on the market? And we've talked about plenty of those. And, and then lastly, you'll get to the draft. And how do you, you know, you said you drafted a guy who might be the third tackle in the first round. You know, this year, if you're taking a tackle in the first round, you don't have that luxury. You might have to put him right into right. the mix. So I, I think that that's the the um, you know, the problem, it feels like a math problem that you're trying to solve with all those different issues. And where are we going to end up? Is it going to be, you know, Trent Brown on the left with another veteran on the right? And, hey, we've got a rookie that we took in the, the third round that's maybe going to develop. Or is it all new tackles? You know, it's a new guy that we signed in free agency on the right and we draft a left tackle. There's just so many options right now. And I think that's the really one of the key pieces of it, even though, as I said on the show, I'm not, you know, oh, God, they've got to fix it. I think they need tackles and they need to address the position. But I don't feel like that that's like the biggest problem that they need to get right. I think no matter what they do, they'll be able to get at least OK play that they can win with if they have the right pieces at receiver on the on the defensive side of the ball, et cetera. I just think you worry about a guy like Broderick Jones, for example, to put some names out there. Broderick Jones got 19 career starts at Georgia. He's not somebody that has a ton of experience playing football. And if you're thinking about drafting a guy in the first round that needs to play immediately like that's why i think they gravitate especially in the trenches to those senior bowl guys is because those guys are four-year players in college uh they've made 30 plus you know starts like a guy like skaronsky i think has 39 starts under his belt and you're coming in with a little bit more seasoning broder jones is a freak athlete great uh in space you know just one of those guys that pops off the film at you uh, but he's a little bit of a project he's gonna take some developing and if you're gonna put him right into the starting lineup then that might be a bumpy rookie season for him so a guy like Skaronsky, a guy like Anton Harrison, some of these guys that have played uh, Darnell Wright, uh, senior bowl guys, the guys that have been in it for a while now, I think are where they tend to gravitate towards in that position. Cole Strange, senior bowl guy. You know, yeah. I don't think that they're going to look at these guys that just don't have a ton of starts under their belt to then go immediately play as rookies. I could be totally off with that, but that's just the sense that I get from them with linemen, especially as they want grown men at linemen. Like they don't want guys that, uh, you know, are still filling out or still have a lot of technical flaw or something like that. They're going to take a lineman early. It's going to be a guy that's been there and done it. Yeah. You know, what was interesting to me. We, I think we mentioned when we were in Indy, we had, had a couple beers with Seabass, which was just super fun. Um, it was interesting though. He said to me, he was like, I think, Solder was almost too tall, too tall to play, which is something I had never heard. And he said, you know, just he had real trouble at times with guys getting underneath him. So, Pad level. you know, just interesting little bits. And again, he, you know, he talked about the arm length thing that he didn't really see when it would matter other than when he said Jason Pierre-Paul, which I think we all remember that, that he was quite the handful uh, in Super Bowl 46. Um, but just tough, tough decisions. And I mean, I think we'll get a lot of clarity next week, not maybe not clarity, but at least a direction of where they're going to go or kind of like, you I know, am curious to see if they have anybody, you know, like the year that it was Stefan Gilmore, uh, as an example, um, you know, immediate bang, a daily, you know, um, or if it's sort of more like last year where it's quiet and then, you know, some secondary guys, you know, Terrence Mitchell. Yeah. You know, it was one of the first guys I remember last year. So I, 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 I'm curious to see if we can 
if they tip their hand as to what exactly the approach will be. Because I think they could go in a number – like that, when you, you were talking about all the tackles, Evan, do you think – you know, do you guys think free agency, you know, like a Mike McGlinchey is a realistic possibility? Like, yeah, I do. I, I think that uh, to go off like the Stephon Gilmore thing, I, I have a couple guys in mind that I think fit that mold that, that might happen. Now, I don't know about McGlinchey because his play – has seemed to decline a little bit over the last couple of years. And I think they would much rather invest in a guy that's going up instead of, you know, kind of leveling out or going down. Uh, to, to take that Stefan Gilmore, right, is somebody that's going to get better over the life of the contract that they're giving him. So I look at Caleb McGarry, who just came off a great year in Atlanta, Jawan Taylor, the Jaguars' right tackle. But I think a lot of these guys are, are right tackles. I, I don't, Orlando Brown's really the only. A prize on the, that's going to play left side. So I, that's a, a the big thing with our mock drafts was I, I really feel like if they're going to sure up one side of it, it's probably going to be right tackle. Whether it's flipping Trent back to the right side or uh, rolling with uh, you know Trent and McDermott over there on the right side, or maybe they sign one of these tackles. But the one guy that I I was mentioning it upstairs a little bit, I think. Uh, that Stephon Gilmore type signing, and it, it does so happen to be another bill, and it's Tremaine Edmonds. Like I just feel like he's the type of guy that fits that mold to a T. That yeah. checks every single box that they could ever ask for at, for a linebacker. It's a position that they have not really fully gone all in on. I wouldn't say fixing, but at least upgrading. And you put him next to Bentley, who's just a steady workhorse where you know where he's supposed to be when he's supposed to be there and now you have a, a flyer you know a guy that can just fly around the field and, and do um some freakish things i i could definitely see them in, yeah and i like i like him, him but you know roquan smith 18 million he got was, right with baltimore that. yeah you're looking at like 20 million yeah for tremaine Edmonds. is that something that we th- I, I personally don't I mean, I think uh, that's something the, the Patriots the, are going to be, yeah, I mean, be that, interested in. I, I would take and I love the play. Right. Yeah. I, and I feel I don't similarly. I have anything to say against what you said. I F. think, I mean, it's everything I kind of, you know, think this defense needs, uh, along with the shutdown corner, is just a inst- little bit more instinctual middle linebacker who can, you know, deal with the mobile quarterbacks. I think that's when they struggle the most. I love it on on paper. It's just like, man, like, and I hate to do this. It's like, well, they got Bentley. They just signed Tavai. I think that's what they like. I think that's what they're going to stick with. But I, I mean, I'd be all for it. I, think I just think that player. those two guys yeah. are exactly who you'd want to pair. With, with a guy him. like Tremaine Edmonds, because you can say to Tremaine Edmonds, just go get the ball, right? Like, just you just follow the ball because Bentley and Tavai are going to play the do your job defense, right? Like, they're going to do that side of it. So, you put Tavai uh, and Bentley and Edmonds out there together, and Edmonds now all of a sudden is almost just a free player that can just fly around and, and hit hit whatever he sees, yeah. right? And, and, and go and get the football. So, I don't know. I just, I look at that, and another guy that was a high draft pick uh, tested through the roof at the combine. Check a lot of the same boxes that Stephon Gilmore did and I think that maybe they look at him and say uh, the Bills got a ton out of him don't get me wrong but here uh, we know exactly how we're going to use him and, and maybe we can really get that all pro potential out of him in that next step so snarky Paul yeah, yeah. yes please. you know sort of made an appearance uh, in his own head um <laughs> yesterday <laughs> the devil like, on your yeah shoulder. I mean I'm on I'm on Twitter and I'm and I saw like there was um I, I forget where it emanated but out of Buffalo it certainly looks like Edmonds and Poyer are going to be available like I, I think that Buffalo is to the point where I think that they realize that they're probably not going to be able to retain them. Now, to me, Edmonds is the much more interesting guy because of age. I think Poyer is yeah. a great player, but he's you know he's on the other side of thirty. Um, Edmonds is in his prime. 
And, uh, you know, I'm reading, you know, sort of Patriots Twitter, and, and I'm not assigning it to anybody because I, I, yeah. I'm going to be honest. I, I, I've talked to you guys about this. I have random people that pop up in my timeline all the time who I don't know who yeah. they are. So my guess is they get there because other people who I do follow like it yep. or retweet it or something it's like the that. algorithm. Yeah. Right? So that's the way it works. And I saw three or four different things. Huh. It's all coming apart. <laughs> oh, they lost their defensive coordinator. And I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, for the last five years, all I've heard is Buffalo is choking dogs and their defense sucks. They can't stop the run. They can't come up big in, in a big spot. They can't win a big game in the playoffs. But now two of their players on defense are available and the defensive coordinator's out, and this is the time for the Patriots to pounce. Like, you can't have it both ways. Right. They don't suck, and then you want the players. Like, one of those things has to be wrong, right? I mean, I would say I want their players. Now, I would take Tremaine Edmonds as a player. I don't think he sucks. No. Let me be on record to say that I think he's a good player. And putting my Patriots fan on, I'm like, oh, thank God this is kind of like breaking up because we haven't been able to solve this defense. I mean, they Right, but you didn't spend the last five years telling me how much they sucked, which is what a lot of Patriots fans do. I will say this about Buffalo, though. They're – and I'm not going salary cap, but, like, they have to – churn out some of these guys right like and they have to replenish some of it and now i think you do learn uh if you're buffalo how hard sustainability is and not just and i know they haven't even won anything yet but just in terms of always being a contender and always being at the i think josh i will say the same thing that i'll say i said about the patriots as long as brady's healthy the patriots will always be relevant as long as Allen is healthy the bills will always be right i'm right now i'm not telling you they're going to win the super bowl like Brady made you win the Super Bowl six times. That's right. like yeah. incredible. But when he wasn't healthy, you didn't make the playoffs. Th- those like, margins are those margins though. Sometimes in the playoffs, when they're going up against Kansas City or they're going up against Cincinnati, c- losing guys like Tremaine Edmonds and then not being able to draft a viable replacement for Tremaine Edmonds. That those are the things that can kind of sneak up yeah, on you in yeah. a playoff. And game. I'll give you another example. They they thought they made a couple of those individual moves that were going to help them get over the hump. Right, they signed a guy like Jay Crowder, who not Jay Crowder, Jamison Crowder, Jamison Crowder, basketball player. Yeah, these <sighs> wouldn't know. Jamison Crowder, um, hoopster. You know, to to sort of fill a you know a very specific role. Von Miller to fill a very specific. They didn't have those guys. Right. When it counted, when the playoffs came, they were both injured and out, and any kind of impact that they were going to make to get them over the hump. That that's how hard it is. Like to to Evan's point on the margins. Yeah. Like, I agree. I don't. I'm not a salary cap guy, as everybody knows. But that doesn't mean you can just keep re-signing every player. At some point, you run out of money. Yeah. Not cap space. Money. And, and if it's going to cost you twenty million dollars per year in money to sign a guy, that's going to be hard to do. Like, not these owners don't all just have bottomless pockets. Yeah, and that was and Brandon Bean spoke at the combine and I just acknowledged everything that we're saying. He's like, "Look, we understand we're going to be a little bit up against it the next couple of years and you know, we're taking measures to to do it." It's I mean, but I think you're right. It's about Allen and it's about, you know, evolving and finding those pieces. I mean, we know the Patriots went 10 years in between Super Bowls trying to like turn things over and find new pieces even with Tom Brady. I mean, they were certainly right there, but it's a big difference like to your point Evan of like being there but actually getting to the top of the and mountain. And people forget because they were so good. Like that 10 years that they went without a Super Bowl, they were in contention every year except for the year that Brady was hurt, right? Yep. So they were right there every year. But there was like, you know, the 07 team, like comparing the 07 team and the 06 team is like apples and oranges. Now, both, of them, yeah. both of them won a lot of games, 
Both of them were very good, and both of them went deep into the playoffs. But the 07 team would have squashed the 06 team. Right. You know, in terms of talent. And that's yeah. what, like, Buffalo's team probably last year would have squashed the team this year. They weren't as good. Like, yeah. it just, the way it worked out, they weren't, they weren't quite as talented. And that happens. But they were both very good. Yeah. And I think, again, as long as that quarterback is healthy, they're going to be relevant. I also think it's crazy with Buffalo that you see so many of their guys talking about receivers at the top of the draft be- to get that one beat is Stephon Diggs. And I'm just thinking. They were disappointed in Davis. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I'm just thinking to myself, can we just get a Stephon Diggs? Like, you guys, you guys I'll want. Take Gabe Davis. Yeah. You guys want, you guys want two? Like, come on. Don't you be know, greedy but, uh, come on. They all, so many, I, I, the great guys that cover one, some of the other guys that, that cover the Bills, I actually really like those guys. And uh, as much as we like to rib each other about, about the Patriots and the Bills, but they're all mocking, you know, Zay Flowers, uh, Josh Downs. Now Addison might fall, you know, and they're and all. When you say mocking, you're saying mocking yeah. to the Bills, Mock not mocking, not, not mocking, yes. not mocking no, the you're Bills. Not mad, you're not mad at no, it. You're, right. No, and I'm just thinking to myself, mocking is a like, Patriot fan thing. <laughs> you want you want more like you want more help for the court. Like this is just, right. but yeah, that's that's the mindset nowadays. Is they show uh, Naeem Hines returning the kickoff for a touchdown know, like, on the Patriots. Guess what was the number one. Play of, well, they uh, have Micah Hyde is Micah in studio, Hyde's so they're showing yeah, a bunch yeah, of Bills yeah, yeah. highlights. And my boy Kyle Brandt, he somehow has like become Bills fan, like one B. I don't get why he's all over them. I got, I have to shoot him a text and be like, "Can you please, please stop? Can you?" Yeah, and in the other part of of the division that we really, I mean, we yeah. kind of alluded to it with Schefter being a smartass today, um, with a trade for the Jets coming up. Well, I mean, it, it seems like based on the reporting that that meeting went reasonably well with Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. Uh, brass and as Evan put it yesterday or Tuesday, you know, uh, playing footsie with Woody Johnson. I think you said <laughs> yeah, um, a little under the table, yeah. under the table, just David. in the dark so room. I think Diana Rossini today for candles. ESPN had a series of tweets indicating that um, it seems like it's progressing and going. It look, looks like it's going to happen now. If it was Schefter, I would say, uh oh, I do not have the same faith in the reporting for others at ESPN that I do with Schefter. So I'll believe it when I see it, but that this is I mean this this could be a significant problem. And I'm not even talking about Brady in Miami. I'm just saying if if it's Tua in Miami, you haven't beaten him in four tries. You haven't beaten the Bills consistently when it's not a gale force wind. And now if you're going to put Aaron Rodgers with the Jets, two games that last year were tractor pulls with the worst quarterback on the other team that you could possibly imagine. Yeah. You, you, I mean, you're projected as the last place team in the division, and with Chuck Clark, which I mean, they just traded for for him as well. Like, you know, I mean, not that he's gonna, but they're they're making moves, and I just I would pose the question that I hinted at last Tuesday when we this when this Aaron Rodgers stuff first came is, you know, if you're if you're Robert Kraft and you're watching the Jets make this kind of move, do you feel like and I and I you know this is when we get into like the drama of like. Do you feel like the Patriots need to respond? And I hate like winning free agency and all that kind of stuff, but in some ways, and and like I'm, this might be a little bit off track, but just watching this kickoff return, like I always felt during the Patriots dynasty, there was like these special moments that would happen, like you know Doug Flutie's drop kick, you know, like these little like historical weird. That's things. the one you pulled out. That, that, no, that's no, no, one no, no, that no, comes no. to mind. No, all right, sorry, <laughs> but, but but a meaningless play in a game they were trying to lose. <laughs> But little historical things, win streaks, you know, like 20 games. But but just okay. like little. <laughs> you brought it right back. Thank you. Right, thank you. Job. 
But little historical things would happen within the game that you'd be like, oh, my God, like they just broke another record like this. And I brought up the the Flutie one just because it wasn't like a historical thing, but it was just like, oh, that's kind of a cool historical moment. And it just the beat goes on for the Patriots right now. That kickoff return felt like the it completely flipped. And now the special magical moment is kind of happening for the other team. And we're just kind of the roadkill that gets run over. If you want to continue with that, like, you know, and talk about like special moments period it's like the miami miracle the lateral with the raiders the two right. kickoff returns yeah. like they're Great. starting to yes. pile up against you yes now. yes and, you know and, you used to be the team that blocked the punt not got the punts blocked like the little you bit know? of magic i mean you're just like you can't tell me that buffalo returning the kick after everything that demar Ham- happened with demar hamlin all the questions of are they going to play this game? I mean, it's just one of that. That's one of the most craziest moments in NFL history, right there, based on everything that had happened. And great points, though, Paul. I mean, you're right. It's just, and it's, and and I don't want to tie it back to Aaron Rodgers a little bit. Of just, you know, it's like again, like other teams are starting to, you know, do these things. And I hate again, I hate saying you just got to make a move to make a move for the fan base. But at the same time, I'm going to feel for every Patriots fans if the Jets sign Aaron Rodgers and everybody thinks exactly what you just laid out that. What, what are we gonna do? Are, you know, are we gonna are we gonna do like are we gonna wait till day two or three and we're gonna fill in some holes and you know we're gonna go to the draft and you know like I don't know it's 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 a little bit it's a little bit daunting right now as we get ready for free agency and I'm just hoping that there's you know and and you know a trade for DeAndre Hopkins something like that that moves my needle that says all right you know we're in it we see what these other teams are doing and we understand that you know just. Slow and steady isn't going to win the race anymore. We need to be bold. We need to make some moves so that we can get this thing back on track like ASAP and not, you know, sit around and wait for Aaron Rodgers to retire now or Tua to get hurt or, you know, Josh Allen to finally get hurt. Or, or well, you know, know all those things will happen. I don't <laughs> know what you're worried about. <laughs> well, I, I you can't, can't say, say that 2024. That <laughs> but I think, not to sound corny, but I, I don't think the Patriots believe it, like they used to anymore because of of the quarterback like when you had Brady at 28 to 3 is like the the quintessential example of it like when you had Brady you always knew there was a chance like no matter what the score was no matter yeah. where you were playing no matter who was the quarterback on the other sideline and I think that that's infectious throughout the entire team uh, to the point where those comebacks happen those moments happen because it's not just Brady that is putting it on his back but the defense all of a sudden believes a little bit more and the offense believes a little bit more and uh, you know Malcolm Butler believes a little bit more or whatever the case may be and I, I just I feel like right now at the Patriots they need that move uh, more so and everybody's going to point to the quarterback and we can we can go to your Lamar Jackson rant whenever you want Mike I know well, it's coming. I wanted to tee him up too no, not yet but there's a good email too that's going to and the only reason and, and you guys know like th- there's a lot of complicated elements to Lamar Jackson okay not the least of which is that is he's franchised and it costs you yeah. two ones okay so I understand all the things but what I don't understand is how many people and this might be teeing Mike up to to offer the rebuttal on the, on on behalf of <laughs> the other people I heard this morning as I was driving in on Evan's show. I'm going to call it Evan's show now. Oh, what, because, what is it? What is well, it? Because he appears on Toucher and Rich. Oh, all right. He's got his own show. Right? So on, on, on Evan's show, um, I'm listening to, I think it's Ryan Johnston filling in for Johnny Ballgame, um, John Wallach. And they're going back and forth. They're talking about the arms race. And if it's like, you know, God forbid if Brady comes out of retirement, plays for Miami, blah, blah, blah. What are you going to do? And then, uh, you know, Somebody suggested, well, you know, do you take another look at Lamar Jackson? And Ryan Johnson's like, that's exactly what you shouldn't do. Like, you can't do stupid things like that. Again, I completely understand 
how hard it would be to acquire Lamar Jackson. I don't completely understand why it would be dismissed as completely out of hand for a guy who's won as much as Lamar Jackson is. Now this Here comes again Deuce. will be Mike's. He's got his notes. Mike's rebuttal, no. and, that, and that's and that's great. This is I, I think this is uh, you know good for us to talk about. But I just don't understand why it would be stupid for the Patriots to think about acquiring an, an established high level quarterback who's available. Well, I'm going to let Rashad uh, tee it up because he emailed in and uh, and I think he says some of the same points you do, but I, I think he wrote it pretty well. Uh, as I type this, it still amazes me that no one would want a young former MVP QB who would bring you a generation of young new fans, someone who wasn't surrounded by good skill positions, and Greg Roman also didn't help. I say all that to say, if I'm the Patriots, I'm paying Lamar that money because it's going to be $70 million a year pretty soon. Trade the two firsts that wouldn't even mean anything compared to Lamar and trade Mac for a top 60 pick. I'm hoping this doesn't get skipped over today. Well, it didn't. Rashad, we're going to use it. Uh, he's a huge fan of Lamar and uh good go ahead i'll let you go first because right, i'm, I'm going to listen as right. i get another pepsi because right, i'm going to enjoy up, i'm going to enjoy this i'm going to get up on i'm the, muting myself on the thing. No, and, and and look i first i will say i think he is phenomenally talented i just don't understand why he is the golden goose that if you don't love lamar and want lamar more than anything in the world that you're an idiot uh i just like let's point out the guy's Never started 16 games in a season. He's one and three in the playoffs. He's lost to teams that went nowhere. I mean, it's, you know, like, I'm all for, like, awesome talent, and that's great. But if, I, if I'm investing in a quarterback, I want to feel like everywhere, every year I'm going to be in it. I'm going to have a chance. Tom Brady, how many seasons did he play here? He, he got hurt one year. So if I'm going to invest in a guy, that I'm a little bit, I'm just saying there's a little bit of trepidation on my part in terms of injury history, in terms of what do I have to do for my offense, and I look at his playoff performance, and it, apparently against these good defenses, it's not quite as great. Our, our completion percentage drops from 63 to 55. He's got three touchdowns, five interceptions in the playoffs. The two games he ran for over 130, 140 yards, didn't matter. They were 1-1 one one in those games. He got sacked 19 times in those four games. Those are the 2017 Los Angeles Chargers, the twenty or sorry, 2018 Chargers, the 2019 Titans, the 2020 Titans, and last year the Buffalo Bills. So, the, look, I, I get it. He's amazing to watch him when he's on, and he's lit the Patriots up, and last year they had no answer for him. I get it. I'm just saying... Is there any concern about this guy's ability to stay healthy when I give when I'm going to give him 50 million a year? A am I going to get 17 games out of him plus playoffs every year for the next 10 years, or am I going to just have to accept that? Well, hey, we'll probably get a Super Bowl in here somewhere on that one or two years that he actually stays healthy and is ready to go in the playoffs. That's that's what I got to say. I'll let you go first. There's a whole lot of QB wins in there, by the way. I'm just saying. 45 and 16. <laughs> 45 and 16, right? 45 and 16 is pretty good. But we only focus on the one and three. Okay, so but besides the fact that he's one of the most dynamic players in the entire league, like I don't even go on that rant yet. Did you – I just pulled it up because I wanted to make sure I got this correctly, and I'm going to read it to you. So here was what the Denver Broncos traded for Russell Wilson, who is significantly older than Lamar Jackson. Okay, they traded Drew Locke, Noah Fant, Shelby Harris, two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and a fifth-round pick to the uh, the Seahawks for Russell Wilson in a fourth-round pick, and you can get and gave him the bag as and you like gave to him say. the bag. Thank you, and gave him the bag, and you can get Lamar Jackson, who is younger and better than Russell Wilson, for far less than that package, and that's that's what I don't. Un two first-round picks for Lamar Jackson is not that bad. 
I, I don't understand what the the entire reaction is that two first round picks for Lamar. Oh, we can't give up two for. Did you just hear what the the Broncos <laughs> gave up for Russell Wilson? And I won't even pull up the Deshaun Watson situation and and, and what all how the, all that went down. The fact of that it's too much for Lamar Jackson, two first round picks is a bargain for Lamar Jackson, an absolute bargain. So I will say that I really liked the start of your rant. Oh, thank you. Paul. Because I, I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, obviously, when you agree with something, you really like it, right? So, yeah, we're like just like we're egomaniacs, just like everybody else. When you suggest, you know, at the start, like, I don't understand why it's silly that you're you're not necessarily willing to to go that far for Lamar Jackson, and I totally understand. I know exactly what Baltimore is weighing right now, yeah. and they have him. They know how good he is. I would push back on some of the the. the you, you learned well from me because you use statistics to benefit your own argument by saying <laughs> he's never started sixteen games, while completely ignoring the fact that he sat out. <laughs> the last game of the year. His Tw- MVP season. Twice. Yes. He was banged up. They had to rest him. While completely <laughs> healthy. Um, the league you know, MVP. So Lamar Jackson. He's he w- been injured. He was that year. The last two years. Yes, he yeah. has been injured. And he missed about a third of the games each of the last two seasons. That, to me, is a major concern. And, and there's no – because of the way he plays. Like, I don't think okay. that he's going to be more apt to stay healthier – well, you know, running the way he runs, you gloss over forty-five and sixteen. I'm sorry. I'm uh, this is where I, I, I'm. I'm Team Evan. Like, there's not a lot of quarterbacks in the league that win at that level. And also, and I know that not every team gets the opportunity because the quarterback doesn't leave. But there's a lot of starting quarterbacks that have left their lineups in recent years, and the teams haven't fallen apart. I think of Drew Brees toward the end in New Orleans. I think of Dak Prescott last year in Dallas. Baltimore can't win a game without this guy. Like, two years ago, they literally lost every one of them. They were like 7-4 and four when yeah. he got hurt, or 7-5 and five or something like that when he got hurt. Well, no, I think they were 8-3, and three, and they lost out. They went 8-9. and nine. This year, at least, Huntley won a couple of games, got them in the playoffs, and, and had them competitive. But... I think the difference is, like, in other words, it's not a great team. Yeah, He makes the team great. And he, I mean, his numbers are just insanity. And I know he's never approached the passing that he did in that MVP year. But I, I would be, I would, if I was Miami, Carolina, the Jets. Las Vegas. I have no idea why the Jets want Aaron Rodgers more than Lamar Jackson. The, you know, the Jets. I would be looking at my personnel, and I'd be trying to figure out how hard would it be for me to transition a little bit to something more conducive to what Lamar Jackson is comfortable in. And I would have no problem with it. Like, in other words, I'm probably a no for the Patriots on Lamar Jackson, but not because of Lamar Jackson's talent. That would be a, a, a ringing yes. Like, if I had an opportunity to get a top sixty pick for Mac Jones and replace him with Lamar Jackson, you do it. I, 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 you know what? I, 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 would. I would do a lot of driving to and from the airport. <laughs> I would drive Mac to the airport and be more than willing to pick Lamar up to bring him back. I, I'm, I'm a Mac defender. I, I defend the are. wall on Mac, and I would drive him to the airport. Sorry, I love you, Mac, but like, you know, this is Lamar oh, Jackson. Oh, we're, we're talking about here. I just, 
I understand that for some teams like the Patriots, if you go to the ball with Lamar Jackson and then the Ravens match the offer, now what does Mac Jones say to you, right? Now you're really stuck in a rock and a hard place, just like the Falcons were last year with Matt Ryan, for example. And and I think that that's part of it with (laughs) – Sometimes you get in trade rumors and and sometimes you don't. But that's part of, you know – why I, I really get mad and like I, I like the way you said it at the beginning of your rants like you know what you, you know you're somehow chastised as being either collusion with the with the good old boy um owners or worse you right. know collusion How shrouded in racism yeah. you know because they're not interested whereas Evan just completely mapped out another minority quarterback who was given the world to go and poop the bed in yeah. in Denver last year like there's no how quickly they forget you know when cleveland and i read this thing from charles robinson um which was really interesting from different agents given perspectives when cleveland decided to give deshaun watson 240 million in guaranteed money everybody killed the browns yeah killed them now everybody's killing baltimore for not giving him 240 million to match it yeah and this is a guy who's been injured a couple of times lately. Like, I just don't understand. I love Lamar Jackson. I think he's terrific. But if someone says, I don't think Lamar Jackson is that good. He's not that accomplished a passer. He's been injured the last two years. He's going to cost you two first-round picks and $250 million in guaranteed money. Those are all facts. Like, just because I think Lamar Jackson's great and you think he's great but aren't willing to do that doesn't make you a collusion guy I, or I, worse. Yeah. I just think that, first of all, it's good business for the the Ravens to just franchise tag him and play the string out. It, it's bad business for them to just hand him $250 million just because they feel like they absolutely have to. They have the control in the situation Ideally, with the franchise make tag. A play, if he plays on the on the franchise tag this year, that's the best case for, right. for Baltimore. And then they can even franchising tagging him again next year is still a good deal for them, like going the right. Kirk Cousins route. But the one thing I'll push back with on the injuries – I think if he has the bag last year, he plays, especially in the playoffs. And I understand that, you know, Mike, we were I, joking about this. I think he played that, in the playoffs. Yeah, sure. that, that Mike was like, sounds, oh, like a, I, sounds like a team guy. Yeah, I, I don't want on my team, right? But that I, was my snarky. That was my snarky thing. I, I think last year, for better. A lot of Patriots you don't want anymore then. <laughs> for better or worse, I think last year, not playing down the stretch and in the playoffs was a business decision for Lamar Jackson. I, I agree. And I can't really fault him for it. You know, somebody I also that, agree with that. that. That he has so much on the line. And I think that he looks at uh, other guys. I, I, I always hate to go to the poster child of this, but RG3, right? Like, you just yeah. don't want to be the next RG3. And I, and that's, I think, what's in the back of his mind last year, where if I play at 75% and then blow up my knee, and now I, I just... It's over. You're going to be doing ESPN in the next in right. three years. So, so, and the other part of that, too, and, you know, like what Evan's talking about, it's so hard. Like, everybody... I, I think everybody just wants to make it so black and white. Well... And they're clearly these 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 old owners that they're all they're all colluding and they're all you know they don't want him because he's he's black. Well, that, that's an easy, convenient way to look at it. And maybe I don't know. I don't know these owners. Maybe some of them feel like that. I'm not telling you what's in someone's heart. Maybe they do. But if you're Miami, as an example, and you publicly come out and say, like to your point, you're going to sign them to an offer sheet which is a hard process. There's like one guy in the history of the franchise tag who's been signed away, right? That's Sean Gilbert in 98. (laughs) So if you do that and then Baltimore matches, 
Then you turn around and you go, hey, just kidding. Tua, love you, mean it. <laughs> right. You're right. my guy. Well, that's why I think like, that's what makes it hard for these teams to yes. publicly declare their desire for Lamar Jackson. And I don't buy for a second there's no interest in Lamar Jackson, which is what came out about five minutes after the franchise tag was announced on Tuesday. Remember? Yeah. On for, Twitter, for there was like five. Like the Field the Yates Dolphins. just like carrying buckets of water for the yeah. NFL. Uh, th- these five teams have already said they're not interested. I don't believe that for a second. Yeah. No. But I, I was going to say, to your point, Evan, about, I mean, there's no question Lamar Jackson looks favorable and just about any light compared to what they gave Russell Wilson and to Sean Watson. But do you think that this is in some ways more connected to just the owners not wanting to make Deshaun Watson the new standard? And if Lamar Jackson now builds off of what Deshaun Watson got, they feel that there's there's no stopping this train now. Is that part of it, too, because of that deal? Just it's went just so, so tough with, with what the Giants just gave Daniel Jones. Who's half the player that Lamar Jackson? Well, that's the is. way I look at it. Is it's clearly that's the direction it's going. So maybe you can put your foot in, you know, put your foot down over this one, right? But eventually, it's happening anyway. Yeah, I mean, the guaranteed money is one thing. I guess you know, I don't know if anybody will ever sign a fully guaranteed deal like that yeah. again. But if you're going to give Daniel Jones three for one sixty, and Lamar is, uh, I mean, forget about it. He's worth almost double, probably. I, I think. And as that's a, what I would do. Is I would. It, it, if you don't want to give them $250 million guaranteed, then see if they'll take a shorter term. That's what I would do, too. If I was a team like the Patriots and I wanted to get into this dance, and again, I, I'm wary of the Mac Jones thing, too. Like That's a big thing for me. Mac, Losing. I think Miami is a great example, too. Uh, if you're a team like the Raiders who doesn't have a quarterback at all, then Lamar is a perfect right. opportunity for you. Jets, Carolina. Right. But these Vegas. teams that have somebody, like I'm not saying Mac Jones is the, is the guy, but to have somebody. Exactly. It's it's hard to to do that, but if I if I was a team like the Patriots or any team really, uh, I would offer him the fully guaranteed deal, but it would be for three years, right? I'd offer him three for one fifty fully guaranteed. And that's what one of the agents in the Charles Robinson piece today said: three three for one right. fifty, fifty million a year guaranteed. Because then you know those three years you're going to get a damn good quarterback, and then you're not hitched to the wagon if his physical tools start to decline four or five years down the line you're not married to him to the point where you can't get you know get out of it at that point can we can we talk about that daniel jones deal for a second and and we got some callers and please we got great emails we'll get to those uh probably after after we break for lunch i just i got to get this daniel jones thing and just because i think it relates a lot to where the patriots are and you know it's a guy that just you're not that impressed with but like you just you feel like you're married to him like what are Giants fans, Giants uh, execs saying to themselves right now about Daniel Jones that we think he's going to take the next step and we're going to be able to complete, compete with this Eagles team that we saw last year. Seems like all of a sudden they're just coming on and they're going to be, you know, good for a while. Like, it's just such a hard spot to be in. And like, I, on one hand, I'd love to say, man, if you have just a middling quarterback that you're like kind of fooling yourself, that you're believing that he's really going to be the guy and really lead you to like a Super Bowl and to be a top five team. But He's your guy, and yeah, he's probably better than tossing yourself back into the winds of free agency in the draft and trying to get a quarterback. Like, how do you how do you reconcile all that? You know, it's just it's hard. It's like you you wonder, and and I you know, and this year we'll say a lot about Mac and you know where he's at and if he's kind of on that similar trajectory. But like, I just having seen Daniel Jones what twice here over the last few summers, like we saw him last year and and. Uh, or sorry, last year at practice, like I just no, like he, you're never gonna, go, you're never getting like a Super Bowl with this guy, and you just handed him all this money, like wh- like how do you how do you live with how do you live with yourself? I don't know. It's just such a complicated I mean, thing. It's not uh, to me. It's it, it's what makes it really hard because I think there are a lot of teams that probably have quarterbacks that they feel 
like people feel about Daniel Jones. Like, he's my starter. He's fine. I can win games with him. I can't win the Super Bowl with him. I'd right. love that in a press conference. You know? I mean, I think they're probably banking on a couple of things. I think they're probably banking that year two of Dable and Jones might be even better. Yeah, that's that's. Which, I can, I can talk which, myself which is one thing. And, 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 and the other thing is when you're a team like the Giants, who's a good franchise, um, they've been down and finally had some success, do you want to, like, intentionally break it up? Or do you want to right, say, because you felt can like, we build yeah. to something a little bit bigger? If we take a half step back, maybe. But, like, like I, I got in an argument with my brother yesterday. Because believe it or what? not, guys. You and your brother? Believe it or not, I don't just argue with you, you bozos. I argue with my brother on the way home. I feel like we have a lot to blame on your brother for. <laughs> oh, he, he did this. He totally did. Rich, he did Rich is totally responsible for this. So he's like, you know, I'd rather have Derek Carr. And I would have done that. And I was like, I like Derek Carr, too. I like him. I don't love him. I don't think much Same differently thing. of Derek Carr than Daniel Jones. Same thing. Like, a younger Derek Carr. I I, th- I think he's probably a better passer, better pure passer of the football, as they like yeah. to say. Less eyeliner. But he's not as as, as much of a, a threat to run. Yeah. As Daniel Jones, and I'm not sure he's as tough as Daniel Jones. I think Daniel Jones has showed some toughness in New York. It's a tough place to play. He's getting the crap kicked out of him behind a terrible offensive line. If I got to give those, I mean, that's what it. My my point, I guess, is they both cost like forty million. Yeah, like you're not getting it. Like my my Rich said to me, he goes, you know, I you know maybe like twenty five million. I go, well, you want to be the Patriots then? You want to take these guys and get them for the deal that you want? You have no choice. But that's not an option. No. Like, yeah, I'd rather have Tom Brady at twenty five million too. That's not on the table anymore. Those guys cost fifty now. Right. Yeah. I mean, I just look at it from a Patriots perspective. I've been saying this since the Daniel Jones contract negotiations started. I just just watch out for what Daniel Jones gets, and I get all of the well. Mac doesn't run as well as Dan- yeah. That's 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 fair. But if Mac Jones, if you take out, so it, wait a minute. If I have to interrupt you for a second. Yeah. I have to be rude. Sure. So you said watch out for what Daniel Jones gets, like. This, uh, can I use them like two weeks ago or a week ago? Longer, yeah. yeah. I've been saying okay. it for a while. And Patriots fans came at you saying, but Daniel Jones can run? Yes. These are the same people, Mike, that told us that Mac Jones was already better than Daniel Jones two years ago in training camp. But this is my point. Yeah. But this, right? is, this is my exact point. So if Mac Jones' rookie season and his third season – end up being what Mac Jones is with with a real offensive coordinator and a real setup on offense and year two ends up being the outlier when his contract comes up you are looking at 45 million dollars yeah, a year for Mac least, Jones at least like I'm sorry Without question that's what the that's what the market it's just is. a natural progression it's not gonna go backwards right forget about the performance if he is your starter and you want him to be your starter going forward after this year and you want to re-sign him and extend him now I don't think they will right but if you want to, Evan is right. Right, that's what it's going to cost. Yeah, if you if you if Mac Jones in two out of his three seasons has respectable box score stats, gets you to the playoffs in two out of three years. Let's say they have a, a big bounce back year this year. They win eleven games. They get to the divisional round, and things are looking up. Then Mac Jones is going to garner the Daniel Jones contract. I think yep. he's, that's exactly Probably more. more, but yeah. That, that if I was his agent, that's exactly what I would say to the Patriots. I would say that's his, that's our floor, that's our floor yeah. for an extension. And yeah. I'm not saying the, the floor, Patriots should and I, do and it. I would say because he would be buying a free agent year, so maybe he gets right. a little bit less. But 
Not much. And, and I'm not saying the Patriots necessarily do that, uh, but I, I, that's that's the market. Daniel Jones has set them because that's not the deal that Derek Carr signed last offseason with the Raiders. This is a legitimate two-and-a-half-year contract yep. that Daniel Jones signed. Two years, $82 million in the first two seasons, and a little bit more an injury guarantee for the third season. So this is a legitimate three-year deal that Daniel Jones signed, and that's going to be the going rate for a Daniel Jones-level quarterback, and I think Mac Jones is yeah. right there with him. It's funny. like What other industry do you have to pay uh, a guy – the highest salary on your payroll and you really don't think he can he can really do what you really truly need him to do you know it's a great like point one of these things where but you got no choice you got to pay him 40 million now is he going to get you super bowl probably not but that's what it is so tough yeah, uh, it's a good question <laughs> of of is there a school of thought and this is like a deep off-season dive but is there a school of thought of recycling quarterbacks at some point like well, if you know smith right like is that gonna give anybody you know everybody right. wants to develop the next you know it's a, the hot new thing go get aj brown like is anybody going to try to tell you sell the Geno Smith thing? It is a deep dive, and, you know, and I yeah. see the like the phone. The phones are starting to stack up, but I would be absolutely in fit because you know that I'm a little bit less on the Mac Jones train than most. Um, that would be exactly what I would do. I would say I know he's not the guy. I'm going to get rid of him and get probably another guy that I think I can get for less than I would have to to re-sign him. All the while, every year I'm taking a swing in the draft. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to draft Hendon Hooker. I'm going to draft DTR. I'm going to draft somebody every year and just have my fingers crossed that I can develop one. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's a terrible strategy if you feel like, like we keep saying, that you have a guy that's middling, that's not going to get right. you the Super Bowl, but is not terrible, but you're not going to pay $45 million a year. Like if the Patriots in two years decide that somebody in the draft is just Mac Jones and we're just going to start it over on the clock in the rookie deal and maybe he ends up having a little bit more upside out of nowhere or something. Like, I, I don't like know. It's if, not a, if, if, if Mac is you know basically what he's been for two years – and that's he's not going to get any better than that, right? So if that happens, I mean, how many fewer wins would you have if Andy Dalton was the quarterback? And you can get Andy Dalton for a fraction of what it's going to cost yeah. you to re-sign Matt yeah. Jones. Yeah, I right. Mean, I'm not, you know, you know where I stand on this, but like, how much fewer wins would they have with Bailey Zappi? Right. I, I didn't use Zappy on purpose because I knew how you felt about it. <laughs> no, I, I didn't trigger him. the reason why I'm coming around to things like this is be, I, I just can't stomach at the moment giving Mac Jones $45 million right. a so year. On my I show, just can't. Yeah. On my show, Jim Murray is a big him, right? fan of just just keep drafting. Yeah. Right. And they make fun of him. Yeah. The two of them make fun of Mike and Tony constantly make fun of him for it. I don't think he's wrong. No. no. Like, And this is, again, if you if you have confidence in Mac Jones – then that that changes the whole thing. That means you're prepared to give him forty plus million dollars, and you're okay with it because you think he's ascending. The coaches know a hell of a lot more about football than I ever will. So if they think he's ascending, that's the move that they make. Yeah, fine. But if they don't, if they think like what Evans talking about, why not pull back on that? Bring in just some random bridge guy who, you know, Drew Locke. You know, someone who hasn't really played right. at all. And maybe it's Geno Smith. Maybe it happens like Geno Smith. What's the difference between the amount of wins you're going to have? Yeah. Like, Geno yeah. Smith, you, you're not going to go anywhere with Geno Smith. You're going to win eight or nine games. That's all you're going to win with Mac Jones. Right. So I can save a ton of money. Now, you can't do that with Geno Smith anymore. But yeah. just 
Even Gina Smith got the bag. Yeah. I don't think that's a dumb no. way of looking at it. You just, I mean, you brought it home for me, Paul, because that's that's what it is. I'm like, and, and I, as a fan, I want to say, if I'm a Giants fan, like, don't sell me on this Daniel Jones contract unless you guys really believe that right. he is the guy. And because that's what that whole, just that whole Dable said. thing. I, I have a ton of respect, and it's probably it's personal. Yeah, like I just love the guy. I mean, you guys just got back from the combine. I can't tell you how many years. Brian Dable chewed my ear off sitting next to me on the on the plane back from the combine. Like I really like the guy. Yeah. So maybe I'm clouded by that. I will wholeheartedly I like him too. Accept that. I, I, I think that he really was instrumental in doing what Josh Allen has come, you know, turning That's out. That's why be. I'm just so shocked that he's hitching his wagon right for right now, at least to Daniel Jones, because I just look in this draft and I think that this will happen with every draft, like the Anthony Richardson types. It's like if Brian Dable can make Josh Allen into Josh Allen, how does he not look at a guy like Anthony Richardson and be like, Oh, I'll turn him into Josh Allen. Right. I just don't understand. Do you see, like, and I'm not telling you this is the same, so don't, don't attack. (laughs) I might attack. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I think Daniel Jones has a lot of qualities that Josh Allen had. I think he's got good size. I think he has good mobility. I think he has a good arm, not Josh Allen's arm. I don't think there's a lot of guys. He's dollar store Josh Allen. Maybe, maybe, but I like it. Wouldn't stun me if in two years we're looking at it's like wow. Brian Dable turned Daniel Jones into a a reasonably competent top third of the league quarterback. What is that? Top twelve quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't stun me, and I don't like Daniel Jones. I'm on. I don't. What I've seen, I'm not impressed with. I thought last year all he does is run. He doesn't do doesn't do it for me as a passer. It's an interesting contrast, though, to look at what Josh did with the Raiders. And, I mean, not totally same situation, but still, an offensive kind of guru who comes in, inherits a quarterback. Giants went and extended Daniel Jones. Josh is like, you're out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump back into the mix. And who knows? Maybe he goes for Anthony Richardson, who uh, – that's going to be fascinating to see what they do. It's be crazy. The uh, Raiders. Let's jump to the phones. Hey, Patty, I'm sorry for making you hold on for so long. We, we really got into it here about these uh, contracts. No, I love it. Um, and it kind of goes to where I'm going to go. And, and I will get eventually get to the quarterback point. But what I wanted to say is it, if you look at, like, what happened in the 2018 at the top of the round and the, the 2018 and 2019 drafts, Right now, this team, our our beloved Patriots, are feeling the ripple effects on missing on three three guys that are arguably the three biggest needs right now. You know, sides at cornerback with Jawan Williams, left tackle with who who I would argue is probably the biggest bust in in Bill Belichick's drafting history, Isaiah Wynn, and Nikhil Harry. You know, and and just look at look at where this team is at right now. I mean, those are three big boys that you're not gonna ostensibly fill in the draft in one year in the draft this year. You might be able to fill two with free agency in the draft, but man, I'm, I hope beyond hope that this year, because I'll, I'll call last year a watch, I still don't know what Mac Jones is. And I know that you know half the fan base probably isn't a big believer in him, but the things I wanted to see him accomplish last year, I really want to see. I want to see him like win games Put the team on his back in a few games and, and come from behind and steal a game or two that they're not supposed to win and just show that, like, hey, maybe, you know, maybe this guy's going to be really good and, and maybe he has room to grow because I, I really don't want to go back into the quarterback carousel because we've seen it. I mean, you could get, like, the, 
the biggest, highly touted rookie. You're, you're not winning a Super Bowl with a rookie quarterback. So you're you're really putting your team behind like three or four years if you have to go back into that quarterback carousel. And that's all I got. Great conversation, guys. As always, Patriots Unfilter is the best. Um, and catch 22 is number two. <laughs> Thanks, Patty. Thanks, Thanks Patty. Appreciate it. Uh, Isaiah win biggest draft bust, though, Patty. I think that's a little a strong. Stretch. Especially when he says Nikhil Harry in the next yeah. name. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the whole like, yeah, I I think it'd be awfully difficult for a rookie quarterback to win, but I don't know why we have to go from that to it's three or four years. So why can't he be great by year two? Yeah, Joe Burrow, right? Yeah, yeah. Patrick Mahomes, right. Joe Burrow, uh, Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, yeah. guys Jalen Hurts is year three. I mean, at yeah. the moment, there there are guys that are that that have a lot of success young. Yeah, like I, it doesn't have to be year four, or year five. Yeah, but I and I I. It's impossible to disagree with the main point, though. If those draft, those high round draft picks in that area, you are reaping what you sowed right now, and those are yeah. he's right. You his, know? Yeah, that's his larger right. point, and he and he nails it. We've talked about it many yeah. times, and I think the whole thing with the quarterbacks is yeah. If you're asking me, what would I rather do? Would I rather have to t- to draft somebody every year? No, I'd rather have Mac Jones make an enormous leap this year, show everybody that I personally am completely wrong, and he's a guy that can throw. 42 touchdowns in, in, in eight picks and be the reason that your offense is dominant. Yeah. If that's that's the preferred road, you don't want to have to do the Evan and Paul thing where you're signing some retread quarterback to oh, just Wait till Barth the, gets you know. here. He's all in on this this <laughs> idea too. But Jawan Williams is an interesting one because I this entire draft process, I've been, don't draft the next Jawan. Like, try to avoid yeah. that, right, yeah. at, at all costs. Let's try to avoid that. And I think the biggest thing that I can point to with Jawan Williams, and it, it showed up on film, but it's just the easiest tangible way, is the 40 time, right? He, we ran in the low four sixes, which is too slow to play corner yeah. in, in the NFL. That was a classic Paul-Andy disagreement on the draft and I won. Yeah, too 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 slow to play corner. So a guy like Julius Brents, who I think everybody really likes for the Patriots from K-State, ran in the low four fives. So yeah, it's only a tenth of a second, but that tenth of a second matters. Like that's that's the difference between being there at the catch point and not being there at the catch point. So I, I think that that's a big thing if you're looking at these bigger corners. Uh, don't draft a four six corner, right? Like they did draft the guys that can run. Try a not bit. to draft slow corners. That's, yeah, that's a, a little tip. Uh, Big we're gonna, take. We're Big gonna take. grab. Uh, we're gonna grab Matthew in Nebraska here before we take a quick oh. break for lunch. Hello, Matthew. What's going on? Hey, how you guys doing? Great. I'm gonna take a shift away from what you guys have been talking about. Cool. Uh, to just kind of get your thoughts on a. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're here. You're on okay. the air. I just want to get your thoughts on a wide receiver coming out of Nebraska, Trey Palmer. Oh. I like him. He's a guy that I've kind of watched a little bit as he's played here, and he did pretty well last season. And kind of sad to see him go, but he's kind of, I don't know if you kind of equate him to Tyquan Thornton. He's fast. Yeah. So I just don't know if you have done much research in to see if he has. I did. He was in my, my first mock. I grabbed I grabbed him. I like. I mean, as a late round kind of, thanks, Matthew. Appreciate it. Um, you know, speed, a little bit bigger. Some yeah. more of a slot guy, out of, you know, speed out of the slot. Yeah, a little bit of concern, I, I think, with his senior bowl week. He didn't. Didn't like wow me with separation and one on ones, and that's that's the type. Of, if you're going to be a good receiver, like you'd like to hope to think that in a one on one drill in practice that you you can get open a little bit. He got open on the vertical plane, but I didn't see a ton of horizontal separation. I I, I just think that 
I, I like him as a player, as a mid-round guy that you just take a flyer on in the fourth or fifth round. No, no problem with that whatsoever, but I, I do think that you would like to aim a little bit higher if, if you're the Patriots. Then if they go out and they trade for DeAndre Hopkins and they draft Trey Palmer in the end of the fourth round, I'm not going to complain. Yeah. Like I'm not going to say that that was a bad Don't a bad take him pick. in the third and tell us he's going to be the he's new the guy. Slug guy. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, what do you think, Paul? You want to? You, you no, you can take the call. Right, yeah, let's, let's, clear let's, let's clear the board here. Let's clear the board. Uh, we got Mark out in Bolton. Hey, Mark. Oh, hey guys. Um, uh, as Paul knows, I've been on Tremaine Edmonds as my number one free agency sign, uh, signing, so I'm I'm with Evan on that one. Um, I'm also making the case for Jawan Taylor at right tackle uh, because of his pass blocking. His run blocking is definitely lacking. So, my question for Evan is. You know, with Clem's emphasis on violence in his teaching philosophy, can he improve Taylor uh, in the run game, or is it more the run run game more about want to than than, than technique? I definitely think it's more about want to in some respects. I mean, run blocking is a mentality. Like it, running the football in general is a mentality. It's one of the old, the only like old football tropes that I still think is true is that running the football is a mentality. Jawan Taylor, he nailed it though. A really high level pass protector, not a people mover in the run game. I think he could get there with some uh, technical stuff. Uh, when you look at run game, it's always hand placement and pad level. Like if you don't, if you're not the lowest guy at the point of attack, then you're not going to move people off the line of scrimmage I think that's probably his biggest problem but I look at them their types right at left and right tackle typically the pass blockers they like to play at left tackle and the guys that are the bulldozers play on the right side so if they stick to that mold then I don't know if Taylor is necessarily their their right tackle uh, that they would like but he's got 35 inch arms he's got the build in the feet to play on the left side I don't love signing a guy to a big contract and then flipping him immediately um, but if you feel like maybe he's a better a bet for you in your scheme at left tackle uh, it's I like the player so I would be fine with them bringing him in I, I would be interested to see how they they change things up if they don't want him to if they want to play him at right tackle and he's not the bulldozer type how do they change it up or if they switch him all right let's grab one more here before we uh, take a break for lunch Mike from Puerto Rico. Hey, Mike. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good, good. Uh, a friend not around? No, no, not today. Sorry. You got to talk to Deuce. Okay. Uh, so who, who – uh, sorry. Uh, you, I hear Evan. Is, uh, Paul. Yeah, we got Mike, Evan, and Paul. Yeah, I'm here. The boys. Okay. Um, I have to do some um, – this is off-topic, um, off-season topic. Nice. But I have to do conduct some interviews next week for uh, an employee hire. And I heard some of the conversation last week from the podcast about uh, Fred's success with uh, hiring and people that have been able <laughs> oh, to move on. Yeah, and he's not here. <laughs> and no, but I wanted to ask y'all if who, uh, what was the the interview question that you felt was the most effective during your process when you were interviewed? Um, so I'm guessing, I believe, Paul, you were interviewed by Fred. I was. And then for Deuce and, and Evan, who interviewed you guys? Yeah, I was I was with Fred and Matt, and then I guess Evan was with the three of us. It was like me, yeah, well, me you and at Paul first, and, and then and then the in person was with all three of you. Yeah, I blame Mike for you. <laughs> it's all Mike's fault. Right. So um, guys, I don't. What do you think? I, which question out of that interview process, which you interviewed for, you found the most effective? I don't remember. I don't. I, know. I wish I had something for you, Mike. It was 20, 24 <laughs> years ago. Uh, all I remember is the stain on Fred's shirt. 
Um, he had like a T-shirt on with a stain on it. I'll bring I, I I'll bring one up just um, and I I don't know if this was the best one, but it was just one I remember. Um, it was Fred said, uh, "How are you with hearing the word no?" And by that point, I had worked in Hollywood for uh, 13 years, and I said. I'm waiting to hear a yes. I'm all I hear is no. <laughs> so I have no problem here. No, but that was, um, you know, just one for me. And that's, you know, something I think that anybody where you're trying to pitch ideas and creative and get things going that, you know, not everything's going to yeah, jive. I think for everybody, my interview was similar to when we spoke with Evan, just coming from sort of the mainstream media to the team media. That's yeah. a lot of my questions were based on that. And I know in being yeah. part of Evan's process, we talked a lot about that. Yeah, that was what I was going to say was just how do we take what I was already doing at my past job and package it to be doing it here, yeah. I think. Because you and I had already known each other so well that it wasn't so much of a getting to know you game. It was more yeah, about we this, already knew you this, is what, yeah. this is what you're good at. How do we make that work as an in-house media yeah. reporter now instead of somebody and on that's the That's why we had, we had Mike come in to do a radio show yeah. When, yeah. when we hired Mike. Grilling me. He was sitting right there. I was asking him about his sophomore year. The hot corner. <laughs> that was uh, that was cool. I mean, it was with the great the great Paul Perillo and Fred Kirsch and Eric Scalavino and, and Megan O'Brien. I couldn't believe it. Uh, yeah, thanks, Mike, it for the like question. A whole world Appreciate evolution it. Change. Uh, but yeah, we're we're still trying. Evan Evan still he had a taste of the real journalism, and it's it's still inside of him. Of like, it is. You know, no, but like, and that's why I felt like um, he and I talked a lot at his because I I remember back and one of the first things I asked Fred was. Let's just say, for argument's sake, I find out that Pete Carroll's getting fired. How do how, how you know what do we do and how do we proceed with that? You know, and that was basically you know I was still Shut sort your of mouth and wait for someone to report these, it. <laughs> you know, delusions of grandeur yeah. uh, of you know like being the only one that would know something like that. But right. you know, I was sort of naive still, um, coming from the Herald. I just wanted to know you know can I still be a reporter? Yeah. Basically, yeah, yeah, and the answer was no. Yeah, I, I, we were just talking about this because usually I, I I have a source that gets me the picks early for the draft. So I, sometimes I, I have t- tipped picks in the past on Twitter. So kind of the same thing of am I still allowed so, to do that? So, well, so, well, we're so least, Jeff Howe, just keep them to yourself. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're at least wondering because we, yeah, I mean, no, obviously we, get we see them yeah. too. But yeah. now it's like, all right, who's going to get it first? Because those are the worst moments on the draft show is when like, bing, Cole Strange. And you're like, and you, and you know it's about to happen, and yeah. you see Paul scrambling and through nobody his notes. Knows. <laughs> I know. What page? I keep driving and driving. All right, that's going to do it for us for a moment. We're going to just grab some lunch here real quick, and uh, we'll be back shortly. Uh, read a bunch of emails that are coming in. Verizon, the network America relies on, and the official 5G network of the New England Patriots. Patriot Place is the region's number one shopping, dining, and entertainment destination. Shop your favorites, including Vineyard Vines, Express, Fast Pro Shops, Petco, and more. Enjoy dining at one of our 19 restaurants, including Six String Grill and Stage, Scorpion Bar, and Bar Louie. And don't forget about the entertainment. Explore your inner artist at Muse Paint Bar. Watch a movie at Showcase Cinema Deluxe. Or grab a controller and start gaming at Helix Esports. For a complete directory listing, please visit patriot-place.com. How did Verizon build the fastest 5G in the world? We started by building it right with 5G Ultra Wideband. Then we gave it massive capacity and near zero lag. And it's not just fast, it's 25 times faster than today's 4G networks. This is 5G built right from the network more people rely on, only on Verizon. 5G Ultra Wideband available only in parts of select cities. Global claim based on open signal independent analysis. 25 times analysis by Ookla Speed Test Intelligence data Q2 2020. 
when someone accidentally threw away the school play costumes. Oh no! Replacements were shipped with FedEx, and with picture proof of delivery, everyone could focus on the perfect opening night. FedEx, where now meets next. For residential delivery only. In sports, if you think joy only happens after you win, think again. Look at the world's most successful athletes like Serena Williams, Brooks Kepka, and Alex Morgan. They don't spend all their days grinding away. They take time to enjoy themselves, like getting together with friends over a Michelob Ultra, because they know that happiness is the key to winning and that joy is the whole game, not just the end game. Michelob Ultra, 95 calories, 2.6 grams of carbs. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. AB Michelob Ultra Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Some people are never content with simply being good. Not when they can be great, but it takes a big step to get there. In fact, it takes a leap of faith, a belief in what you're striving toward, and a willingness to make the commitment, day in and day out, to something bigger than yourself. Putnam is proud to partner with those who share their own commitment to performance excellence. This is Matt Light for Putnam Investments, a world of investing. There's no season better than football season. And there's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy sports partner of the New England Patriots. To add to the thrill, DraftKings has millions of dollars in prizes up for grabs every week. So head to the app now and check it out. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy football is easy to play. Just pick nine players, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for yards, touchdowns, receptions, and so much more. There's no better way to put your football knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at $1 million in total prizes. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week. That's promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Patriots fans, you'll want to check out the replay on this one. Pat the Patriot is stealing the show tonight with his Bank of America mobile banking app. That's right, folks. So here we see Pat cheering and then whammo. Is that Bank of America life plan? Looks like he's saving up for some big future moves. Planning the next vacay, huh, big guy? And wait, now he's paying back his buddy for concessions using Zelle? No penalty there. Incredible. No way. As if that double move wasn't impressive enough, now he's beefing up his account defense with security meter? Holy cannoli, what a performance. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive, Patriot fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com banking. You must be enrolled in online banking or download the latest version of the mobile banking app only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Member FDIC. Want to get into the game? Get coached up at Dean College. Equipped with exclusive academic partnerships featuring the Patriots, Revolution, Providence Bruins, Summer Baseball, and more, our classrooms are set up for success by learning directly from the pros. Dean College has programs in communications, sports management, business, and marketing with unprecedented hands-on experiences. Our students take what they learn in the classroom and put it right to work in the marketplace. At Dean College, our students don't just play games, we run them. Visit us at dean.edu. Verizon, the network America relies on, and the official 5G network of the New England Patriots. 
Patriot Place is the region's number one shopping, dining, and entertainment destination. Shop your favorites, including Vineyard Vines, Express, Bass Pro Shops, Petco, and more. Enjoy dining at one of our 19 restaurants, including Six String Grill and Stage, Scorpion Bar, and Bar Louie. And don't forget about the entertainment. Explore your inner artist at Mia's Paint Bar. Watch a movie at Showcase Cinema Deluxe. Or grab a controller and start gaming at Helix Esports. For a complete directory listing, please visit patriot-place.com. How did Verizon build the fastest 5G in the world? We started by building it right with 5G Ultra Wideband. Then we gave it massive capacity and near zero lag. And it's not just fast, it's 25 times faster than today's 4G networks. This is 5G built right from the network more people rely on, only on Verizon. 5G Ultra Wideband available only in parts of select cities. Global claim based on open signal independent analysis. 25 times analysis by Ookla's speed test intelligence data Q2 2020. When someone accidentally threw away the school play costumes... Oh, no! Replacements were shipped with FedEx. And with picture-proof of delivery, everyone could focus on the perfect opening night. FedEx, where now meets next. For residential delivery only. In sports, if you think joy only happens after you win, think again. Look at the world's most successful athletes like Serena Williams, Brooks Kepka, and Alex Morgan. They don't spend all their days grinding away. They take time to enjoy themselves, like getting together with friends over a Michelob Ultra, because they know that happiness is the key to winning and that joy is the whole game, not just the end game. Michelob Ultra, 95 calories, 2.6 grams of carbs. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. AB Michelob Ultra Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Some people are never content with simply being good. Not when they can be great, but it takes a big step to get there. In fact, it takes a leap of faith, a belief in what you're striving toward, and a willingness to make the commitment, day in and day out, to something bigger than yourself. Putnam is proud to partner with those who share their own commitment to performance excellence. This is Matt Light for Putnam Investments, a world of investing. There's no season better than football season. And there's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy sports partner of the New England Patriots. To add to the thrill, DraftKings has millions of dollars in prizes up for grabs every week. So head to the app now and check it out. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy football is easy to play. Just pick nine players, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for yards, touchdowns, receptions, and so much more. There's no better way to put your football knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at $1 million in total prizes. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week. That's promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Patriots fans, you'll want to check out the replay on this one. Pat the Patriot is stealing the show tonight with his Bank of America mobile banking app. That's right, folks. So here we see Pat cheering and then whammo. Is that Bank of America life plan? Looks like he's saving up for some big future moves. Planning the next vacay, huh, big guy? And wait, now he's paying back his buddy for concessions using Zelle? No penalty there. Incredible. No way. As if that double move wasn't impressive enough, now he's beefing up his account defense with security meter? Holy cannoli, what a performance. 
Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive, Patriot fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash banking. You must be enrolled in online banking or download the latest version of the mobile banking app only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Member FDIC. And now, great moments in history. Sometimes, like, that was a regular argument. Yeah. That was fine. Yeah. But yeah. there are times that we get, like, sort of upset. We start yelling. Well, it's crazy. And, and it's not really, I don't think it's the best moments of the, the show. It's no, not. If, if you're yelling over each other, as a listener, you you literally can't hear what people are saying. I mean, it, there are times, I know this is going to surprise some people, mm-hmm. but when I have an argument with you, Rare. That I'm embarrassed about it afterwards. Well, you should and be. And I don't necessarily... Some of your stances. I don't necessarily... <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm surprised. I can't believe I'm losing to this guy. <laughs> That's another great moment from... All right, we're back here on Patriots Unfiltered. And wow, that was a uh, quick first, I guess, 70 minutes on just free agency, quarterbacks. I mean, it's just such topical stuff and... You know how to compete and win in the NFL long term. I mean, there's no set way to do it, but man, it's a just lot some of ways, tough that's, decisions. That's why the offseason shows, I, I think, are better. Yeah, I love the offseason. You never, know, except when you don't talk about football. Oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> you like talking about football a, in the offseason. So I, I is was there doing, a time where we don't talk about football? <laughs> well, yeah, when Fred's here. Um, <laughs> there was I was talking about the shows in the offseason yesterday in in my area down in KSP in the in the basement, and, uh, and I was yeah. And the basement I, in the Alamo. We like to call it the bowels of the organization. Um, and I was doing my my Evan when we were talking about like soap with a slot. And like <laughs> zoned out. I, I might just come on for an hour for those shows. Just let me know when this one passes. Yeah, you, whenever the soap with the slot comes up, you can just check out. And uh, and I also uh, I, so you guys got catch twenty two come up. So yes. you know, stay tuned. And um, I told I told Matt when Barth gets here, we should just have him in because I want to. I want to pick his brain a little bit. I want to see where Barth's at with. Uh, I, he would so love to have our quarterback, recycle quarterback yeah. conversation. That's oh, right if he up comes his in, alley. I'd, I'd like yeah. to get. And I think he will f- call in and yell at us about how wrong we are. It'd yeah. be great. Which yeah. we could be. Yeah. Yeah. Which we could be. It won't be the first for me, that's for sure. But do you think there's a chance? Um, or what do you think the chances are? Obviously, there is a chance. What do you think the chances are that we're looking at an entirely new, speaking of uh, Catch 22, an uh, entirely new set of uh, specialists next oh. year? So that's a, that's definitely a Barth question. We gotta <laughs> we gotta team up on that one. So um, you know, hi, uh, the the six one seven has a question. Uh, what are the chances, Alex, that uh, we have an entirely new set of we'll specialists? Team, we'll next team year? up because uh, can, I, don't can think I get any, that in? I don't how, think how long do you touch, have? I know I don't think any. Oh, I'm not really interested in the answer. <laughs> Thanks. I'll hang up and listen. You go out and get it. I have heard. A, I have seen. I should say a couple of mocks that have. Uh, not just a kicker, but a punter, punter as well. And I mean, there is a chance that Cardona doesn't come back. I think he probably will. But I, wouldn't that be crazy though if they just signed that, that Tucker Addington guy? And, and like, well, I thought we had something going here, bro. I'm from Navy. And then, like, what, and then what happens? It seemed like forever. And <laughs> then the then other guy snaps the ball the same. Exactly the same as it was. Yeah. How dare you, Paul? How dare you? I, uh, the the punter kicker thing is is legit. I'm not. I'm I'm actually not being facetious. Like that's. A day three legit need. Uh, in mock draft 1.0, I had Jake Moody, the kicker from Michigan, who now you have the, the other guy goal. that everybody's on. No, 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 no. So now in mock draft 2.0, I put my top punter oh. in 2.0. Oh. 
So I went kicker in the first one, punter in the second one. That's a pro tease. I'm not going to tell you who it is. Yeah, you have to tune in to you tune in. watch Catch the video too. You'll have to check it out on the Bobby. Um, yeah. So I, I should say too, we're gonna. I think we'll give away a T-shirt today, and there have been people uh, preemptively writing in answers and, and such to uh, just give an answers to questions <laughs> we haven't posed yet. <laughs> yeah, That's well, awesome. This, this is great from Chudders, uh, you know, fan of the show. Um, he just answered Gino's piece. Uh, just taking a uh, gamble on what today's good. question might be to get my answer in ahead of time. <laughs> That's good. So uh, I don't know, Chudders. She uh, knows peace. You're a pretty big fan. I don't know. We might, we might have to put you on the list uh, anyway to send a T-shirt. Um, but why don't we do that in a, in, in a few minutes? Why don't we say like 1.30, you know, about, about five minutes. We'll get some calls and some emails done, get on top of those, and then uh, we'll give away a T-shirt with some kind of PU trivia. Yes. Post Mike is like a little frazzled here. We're, 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 gonna, we're, gonna, we're gonna look at this email and we're I, gonna, I, go, I we're, gonna run, we're gonna go inside. We're gonna go outside. All right, let's go up to Canada. Hey, it's uh, Sean. Hey, Sean, how you doing? Hey, guys, how's it going? What's um, up, Sean? You know, hey. I was never huge into college. I, but in 2015, I happened to watch Louisville and and I fell in love with Jackson. I, I couldn't wait for him to come to the NFL. And then when he was on the board. In the first round, instead of win, I wanted him. And then it was again on the board instead of Michelle, I wanted him. And I think he's great. I love him, but I don't think he's right for the Patriots. I think, I mean, at this point, you're not a team that's a playoff team, and it would be a waste to 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 go after him. You're going to have to pay him a lot. You won't have money for other needs, and you have a lot of needs. So the best thing to do at this point is to try and put your investments to protect Mac and give him some weapons, and let's see if he's for real. Because, um, you know, as Patty said, we don't know. We have to find out. That's our number one goal. All right, that's all I got. That it is. Thank yeah. you, Sean. Appreciate it. I mean, I, I, I think that the, the last part of what he said is probably the, the sound way to go about it, but don't you think there'd be a playoff team with Lamar Jackson? Yeah. I mean, they were I mean, one win away from a playoff team last year. Exactly. And I, I, I also just – me and Paul are in lockstep on the cap thing. Like, don't give me that they wouldn't have money to, to – Go out and upgrade the rest of the roster. They adults. would have. We're see, all here's, here. here's where I, I like. I do separate them because I do recognize they would absolutely have cap space to do whatever they wanted. Which you're seeing. Oh, by the way, I haven't seen as many snarky people asking me about cap when I'm reading about so and so restructured his, saving them 18 million on the cap. So and so restructured. That's why it's a fake cap. That's why the cap is crap. Because there are countless ways to get Felger's napkin out and do the, the salary cap to get in compliance. When you don't want the player, which evidently the Jets don't care about Braxton, Braxton Berrios, right. you try to get him to restructure. He says no, and you say, see you, bye. Right. And you say $5 million on yeah. that. Yeah. Right there. like Just like that. But the money to me is, you know, if, if, sure. if they had to give him, say, a cash outlay. And, and some of the th- – this is interesting, too, about the whole guarantee thing. And I, I, I forget what the actual percentage is, but – when you guarantee your contract, the owner has to put that money in escrow for like the cash. And for Deshaun Watson, something like 180 million that needs right. to be to go sit in, escrow. In, in like in NFL coffers, <laughs> uh, you know, like by September. I, you know, I had this War explained chest. to me, but as usual, <laughs> there was math involved, so <laughs> I was <You> checked out. <laughs> I was swimming upstream <laughs> and had no idea what I was listening to. But I had this explained to me by people in finance and. They talked about some of those things and what they mean. Um, And I think that might be a deterrent, you know, as much as the actual cash outlay. Not everybody just has like $180 to say, oh, oh, here you go. It's like, you know, me, I can pay, you know, I can't pay 
$350,000 from my house, but I can pay a couple of thousand dollars per month every month for 30 years to get it. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? And a lot yeah. of owners are like that with a lot of zeros added onto the end. They, they, they have the money to pay for their franchise, obviously, but not necessarily to just say, here you go. Here's yeah. the whole, here's the whole yeah, month Yeah, that, that's a totally fair point, and I, I, I should preface it by saying I don't think that the Patriots are going to pay Lamar Jackson and then go out there and spend $100 million in free agency right. that's, on top that's, of it. That's my point. Right? Like, I don't think that, but in terms of filling holes, if you get a quarterback like Lamar Jackson, you hope that he fills some of those holes for you, right? Like, all of a sudden, your offensive line uh, being maybe really good at run blocking but not so good at pass blocking isn't as big of a deal because you got Lamar Jackson running around back there now right. instead of a sitting duck. No offense. And so I think that you look at those types of things. <laughs> Love and- you, mean it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you hope, just like Brady did here for years, that, okay, maybe our roster isn't as good over here, but we have the MVP of the league playing quarterback. So it doesn't make up as much of a, of a big deal, you know, as it does now. All right, let's rattle through a few emails because uh, they've been coming in. Appreciate everybody This isn't the in. time that I can start making uh, fun of Fred. It looks like he has important people with him, so we won't do it. No, well, we'll just, oh, we know the, oh, show's, hi, the show's doing a lot better today without Fred dragging us down. Uh Quick one here from uh, uh, Alex from Connecticut. Um, Evan, this is a simple one for us here. Uh, well, I mean, all of us. I don't know why I just said Evan. It's not, it's not an X is an O thing. Um, <laughs> it's not about football. So <laughs> my question, he can put his big slot. brain away. This is actually soap in a slot. Where it's <laughs> happening. <laughs> and this is where I came up with it, right here in the studio. Um, so a uh, simple question, though, and I think it's a good one. Not just uh, would you rather the Patriots trade for a stud receiver and draft a tackle or sign a solid, solidified starting tackle and draft a receiver? He says at 14, someone like JSN, but. You know, just generally, do you have a feel for that? Like, you know, do you have a preference? Because I kind of feel question. like, I mean, there's there's pluses and cons for both. I mean, certainly with a young rookie receiver on a contract that you know you got him for four years at that price, you're going to have to pay a lot more to get that, you know, proven veteran receiver. But is money equal? Money's equal. I'd rather have the free, the free agent receiver then, but that's easy to say without knowing exactly who it is. Yeah. yeah, I think that's always what makes these hypotheticals tough for me. It's who is it that we're talking about? But I, I, I don't know. I, I go back and forth on the tackles because I do look at the free agent crop of tackles and there's some really intriguing names there yeah. on this list. Orlando Brown, now not franchise tagged, McGlinchey, Caleb McGarry, Jawan Taylor. I think these are all guys that are upgrades, plug and play, let's go, you know, at, at one of those two tackle spots. And I think that if you do that, then maybe in the draft you do free up that 14th overall pick to go wide receiver, to go best player available and right. not get get caught in having to take a tackle. I think some of the issues that they've had over the last couple of years in the draft, it's been better. Uh, but last year I think is the perfect because they were caught in having to take a guard. and and Or at least they felt that way. I don't think they were, uh, but that's how they felt. So that you, that's how you end up getting Cole Strange is because they needed a guard and he yeah. was the best guard available. I would just answer it by saying that if you're asking me would I rather pay 20 million a year for a tackle which is going to cost you to get one of these you know maybe 15 for a guy like McGlinchey right but um or 20 million for a wide receiver I'll take the wide receiver but I need you know like it can't just be like I don't want to pay Brandon Cooks 20 million but I'll pay T Higgins 20 million you know what I mean it needs to be a receiver of you know uh, some level I I do love JSN I I do love him. Yeah. I mean, he's... I'm with you. A lot of people saying he's he not going to be around at 14 now. I don't know about that. Like, I, I, 
Nope. I don't. I don't know. I don't, I mean, I don't see it, the burst to pull away, but he's quick. I, you know? I'm to the point now where my draft analysis is nowhere. Obviously, it's nowhere near what you guys just came back from. But I now have definitively from the people that I've been reading, somewhere in the, in the neighborhood of thirty guys that are won't be available when the Patriots. <laughs> oh, that's, that's oh. There's a always one. there's so many top ten guys. There's like fifty fifty top ten. But guys. JSN, I think that. I mean, he's. He's as close as to what I would want. Like if he yeah. ran at the combine and and checked that box too four, in the forty, then I would I would be all in on it. But I just can't wrap my head around. And this is sort of what we were talking about on the mock draft show. I can't wrap my head around Bill Belichick taking a receiver with the fourteenth overall pick. Like yeah. Bill just feels like a, we build inside out. You know, trenches like that's that's where we start, and the receiver is like the cherry on top. That's especially him, which is not even like that receiver right. you know like it's going to be a specific right. slot kind of guy if they were picking in the top five and this was a year where jamar chase was in the draft or someone like that then it'd be one thing but for a guy that's that's really just coming in to be a hyper uh you know role player and i mean just you know guy is going to be a stud in the role that you're asking him to play in I, I just see bill wanting to build through the trenches and i just don't know what the i think the 14th overall pick would be too rich for him yeah for a receiver I uh, got one from Claire. Um, not Hello, surprising. Claire. Hello, Claire. Hello, Maureen. Um, but, of course, tight ends, and she's right. Uh, with the tight end class being so good this year, do you predict that the Pats will draft the tight end at all? If so, how high? Uh, do you think that with the wide receiver class being a little shallow, would that weapon be better picked as a tight end? I, I like where she's going, and I, and I hope so. Um, we both addressed tight end in our latest mock drafts. You a little bit higher than me. Um, but there's a lot of uh, a lot of guys in there that intrigue. And, you know, I – and like Claire said, I wouldn't have a problem with just like yeah, maybe a move guy. Like, all right, he's not going to be Gronk or he's not going to be a blocking, you know, guy, but he's going to be a weapon for us. And I mean, Dalton Kincaid probably gone, but um, but there are a couple guys like that. I think the great part about this tight end class, like if you see a mock draft that has Michael Mayer to the Patriots at fourteen, just don't pay attention to that mock draft. Whoa. Okay, <laughs> because. There's no reason whatsoever for the Patriots to take Michael Mayer at 14 in this tight end class. Yeah. It just makes no sense whatsoever. Now, if they had an immediate need at tight end, then maybe I would I could see it a little bit more. But you you mentioned some guys in that like third or fourth round area, like a, a Laporta or a Schoonmaker or uh, Zach Kuntz from Old Kuntz. Old Dominion. Do you have to say it like that? Uh, you have to say Kuntz. Is <laughs> it Kuntz? Is it Kuntz? Uh, that those guys are development great athletes I think in other drafts maybe they're tight end one or two in their drafts but in this draft they get pushed all the way down the board to like tight end five or six on, on day two those guys all have starter upside. Now, I say starter upside. The, the tight end bar for starter is pretty dang low. <laughs> like to be one of the best thirty-two tight ends in the league, it's not really the highest of bars. I don't know if they're top tier tight ends, but I think all those guys could hold down the position of being your starting tight end. And let's say two years when Hunter Henry and John Smith are not here, I think they will take a tight end. I don't know, probably in the the middle round somewhere. Um, I think they take a lot of tight ends. They tend to, that's position they tend to look at. Um, but I, I don't like the idea of, you know, like I know Kansas city did it and just won a title. I don't like that idea. I think you have to have a really special guy like Gronk or Kelsey to do that, uh, to have the tight end be your primary weapon. Yeah. That, that's sort of why I'm more of a, of a mid round option. I think might be better just because I don't know if mayor is, I don't, mayor is not Gronk. Okay. I know he wears 87. I know he's a big guy. You know, he plays tight end. He's not Gronk. 
And if he's not going to be Samaritan will like that though, it, it, if a Notre Dame guy, Notre Dame yeah. Guy. If he's not going to be that type of guy, then I, I think you there's so many mid round options in this draft. You know, Tucker Craft, Schoonmaker, I like Tucker Craft, Coons, he's, a, he's the South Dakota State yeah. guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Serious yeah. Seri- SFG. He was a serious football dude. Like you ask him a question, he's staring right at you. He of course. What, what, what did you just say? I said this on Andy's. I have like a thing that a serious football guy. Like it's like kind of a thing. I'm like this guy is just he's very serious about football. Like it's like Dante Hightower, Kyle Duggar, like guys who aren't real jokey. They're just you ask them about football and they're like football guys, <sighs> serious football. This guys. tight end he class has more hangups that I haven't known about no, I like, for four years. That's not a hangup. That's a bonus. That's a bonus. Uh, all right, special teams guy just walked through the door, Paul. Absolutely. Before we do that though, we're going to give away a T-shirt. Now, what are the rules? People have to email in. Correct. You have to email in the correct answer and um, and Matt Morell. The ball, well, you waited till there's 25 minutes left in the show. Let's go. He's trying his best, Paul. Yeah, I'm doing my best here. I got all kinds of pressure. Dad, my um, best wasn't good. All right, I'm going to go on. This is loosely related to, to today. Uh, if you've been listening the whole time, you, the, the answer uh, was was said at one point. Um, but here it is. Which member of the media smelled so good that Megan O'Brien wanted to bottle it like perfume? Oh, remember that one, Paul? I do. This was a classic day. I do. As a uh, so go ahead, email Matt Morell. Uh, what is it? Webradio at patriots.com. Send it on in. If you want to get uh, a jump on punter, kicker, long snapper talk, now's the time He's to do it. He's sitting down so, right now. Yeah, we're welcoming in here. I think it's his first Patriots. It's 98.5. Alex Barth. He's got my, he's got my, my station on. Alex too. Barth. I have to say, Alex, it was a travesty that you were not at the scouting combine. I feel like <laughs> if Evan and I were there, you no one like you eat it up as much as we do. You should have been there, but I'm sure you were back here just getting all kinds of information. Uh, I'm sure Evan was feeding you some as well. Um, just first off, before because we really want to ask you about special teams. Yeah. Uh, what'd you take away from the combine takeaways? Um, I, I think that a lot of, you know, sometimes you go into the combine and things change a lot. Like I remember last year, the linebacker position, we were all super down on it and then everybody tested through the roof. And all of a sudden it was, whoa, look at this class. Uh, I think this year it was really just confirming a lot of what we already believed, the strong positions, corner, tight end, offensive line, uh, some of the positions we don't believe are as strong, linebacker, wide receiver. Uh, it, it really felt like a lot of just, okay, the eye test this year, watching these guys during the season, turned out to be pretty much spot on. A lot of these guys are sort of what we expected. Uh, oh, I'm gonna. Let Paul. Paul's got a question though about special teams. Okay. I made it. I made him hold on. <laughs> oh, I thought that was gonna be. A, I, I thought that was a catch twenty two. Oh. Uh, no, no. Oh, you don't want no, to no. just. Uh, so I just threw it out there. Um, obviously, there's a chance, but do you think the Patriots will turn over all three spots of uh, specialists? Ooh. That's a good, well. So, <laughs> See? that's a good question. Thank you for the question. Okay, uh, I, uh, I'm going to go back to my office now. <laughs> Kicker, I think there's a good chance. Yeah. Punter, it depends. If if with the um, Jake Bailey's appealing that suspension, right? So I, we haven't gotten any update on that. It's it would be tough to move on from him if he wins that appeal and that money goes back on the books. So TBD on that one. But like, if he loses that and there's no guaranteed money, I could see it. And they, uh, Tucker Addington was the long snapper they signed late in the year last year, right? They signed him to a multi-year deal. So does that count as turning over if it's him? Oh, yeah. Even yeah, though it was yeah. like here no, late if, last year? If it's not Folk, Bailey, oh, Cardona. Joe Cardona disrespect coming from Barth right now. <laughs> no, I'm just, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just no, asking. I, I, that's a fair though. question because Addington yeah. finished the year as the I long know, snapper. I'm but I'm saying no Folk, job, no Bailey, no Cardona. I, I think there's a chance. I, I definitely think there's a chance. Uh Cardona would be the most surprising one to me, even though he is the only one that doesn't have a contract. Um, you know, kind of when we get to the end of the summer, I mean, he went who's to Navy. still here. 
<laughs> he did go to Navy. I think they're they see Thank it as you, a, Mike. I did we we weren't aware. How of that. Did, he not, how did, he, not? did he play lacrosse too? No. <laughs> <laughs> if you're gonna overturn the other two, like we chemistry is so important, right? Between those three spots and to have three brand new guys yeah, and if two of point. them are gonna be rookies, that's asking a lot. So uh, if it was last year, I'd feel a lot better because last year there was actually a long snapper in the draft who was like draftable. Yeah, <laughs> this year not so much. I told Paul you, you had to wait. what an incredible uh, but, I mean, waste of a draft. What, what do you think it looks like though? I mean, you signed Jake Bailey to that extension last year. I mean, does that really if you if you don't bring him back this year after signing him to, to that extension, how he's been kind of playing? He's been injured a little bit. He wasn't really in the lineup last year. It looks pretty bad, right? You got you got to move on from him a year after signing him to that extension. I oh. mean, is that any kind of consideration of like? I mean, we did just sign this guy. Like, they must have liked something and, and about him. As I did give you a little insight July. into this. They didn't really want to give him that contract in the first place. Like, oh. they were kind of well. And thank you very much. He's, he's been so statistically though. He's been like one of the worst punters in the league for two years. Yeah, yep. and yeah. they still gave him the contract. It's yeah. a very weird contract. Yeah. Last uh, 2021 wasn't as bad. Last year he was bottom three yeah. in most he, major he was really categories. Bad last year. Yeah, so good. And um, uh, I just got to say, we do have an answer. So weapon uh, in kickoffs, though. We do have a winning answer, um, and. Uh, to the person who wrote in Greg Bedard, how dare you? Um, <laughs> uh, it looks like Addison. <laughs> that Ankrum, was tongue in cheek. <laughs> Addison Ankrum uh, from Fresno. Uh, looks like he won with Mike Giardi. Yes, Mike Giardi yes. was the. Uh, forget that was a fun day. I remember chatting about that, and she's like, "I wish I could just bar." And then it became a whole like we were doing a whole ad of like Mike Giardi. Like, yeah. uh, uh, curious. <laughs> it was that curious. What it was? I'm Mike just. Gi- I'm just curious. He's just a little curious. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Evan's <laughs> shaking his head. This is not football. Uh, no, no, it, no, But no, Mike Giardi not. smells wonderful. He absolutely. He's does. a great guy. He does. I'm not going to say can, he smells. He wonderful, smells so good. I can actually smell him through the TV when he's hosting the. Uh, can I ask Alex one more football? real football question and not about Mike Giardi's scent? Okay. <laughs> uh, no, it's not. We all know Jake Moody. Yeah. We all know Michael Turk. Yeah. Your, your guy. The Turk. Punter. Who who's who's the ne- who's the second best kicker and the second best punter in the draft? So, for them, right, because they like kickers who've kicked in cold weather and all of that. Right. Um, I think it's between Noah Ruggles from Ohio State and Chad Ryland of Maryland, who are the two Senior Bowl kickers. The Maryland guy is the one that uh, Callahan had. It I was going to say yeah. I like Ryland. I he got put in some tough spots. There's a lot of close games, so he's kind of got that thing where. He's kicked some clutch kicks. You're the Ohio State kicker. There's not that much riding on you, <laughs> right? So sixty-five. And, 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 and when there was, yeah, he didn't. He <laughs> yeah, didn't, didn't he miss the kick in the college football playoff? Badly. Right? You're right. At, at midnight. Badly. Yeah. At midnight. That was yeah. awesome. It was. Yeah. Late. Um, it was I late just want to let everybody know I was at a wedding then. I don't know if I've gotten that off my chest enough. Oh no, we. To f- we were both <laughs> watching that, really that at the same right time, there. and I was just like, <laughs> two classics, and I'm they, at a Because didn't they, wedding. like, milk the clock to give him the, like, they didn't even try to get more yeah, yards Yeah, they probably could have picked up some more yards. They just wanted to kick it. They wanted the kick to line up. If you watch it, somebody synced it up. He kicks the ball, like, as midnight hits. That's what they cared about. And there's, oh, shots, <laughs> there's shots at parties of people That's like... That's the most Patriots thing ever only they he got, hit it. They got cute. They're like, yeah. hey, if you start Dark Side of the Moon right at the third quarter... <laughs> yeah, Bill made gonna, sure no, that so it was I right was, as the ball dropped. I was his at a New Year's dropped. party. Did you see his balls dropped? And then he kicked the field goal right as the ball dropped. I was at a New Year's party and there were some of us like huddled around a phone Checkers. in the corner watching the game and we all start cheering and we hear everybody else cheering. We're like, did you turn the game on? They're like, no, it's midnight. Oh, you were like, oh, you're, like, you're at a New Year's that's party. That's a football a guy right um, there. Right? <laughs> as for the punter. Serious football I've been at a lot right. of New Year's parties watching those college yeah. football They games. need to move oh, yeah. it off. I can't wait. They need uh, to move it off midnight. New Year's, er, New Year's Eve. New Year's Day, fine. That's yeah. fun. 
New Year's Eve, not so much. You know, if Alex I is agree. complaining about the timing of the game, someone That's who is you know. like, watch, like, you're like, you're losing your, no, your biggest they get, fan. No, he, he's watching more they people. They get kind of screwed when it coincides with the weekend because then the NFL is obviously going to get yeah. the right. precedence of the day. And, right. They but, won't but hold Alex those teams right. on it's Sundays. B- it's better when they can move it off New Year's Eve. Yeah. Punter? Punter, uh, Bryce Berenger from Michigan State had a really good You don't good like the Rutgers punter? I like the Rucker. You, yeah, he's third. Ozzie, Ozzie, Ozzie. He's third. You asked me who the second best was. I <laughs> thought true. Behringer had a really How good we senior bowl. I mean, well, because uh, <laughs> Mike and I talked to the Rutgers punter because, like, yeah. there's a punter from Rutgers yeah. and the Patriots might need a punter. He's I mean, very come good. On, too. Like, yeah. And, and he was talking about uh, Corsic is his name, right? Yeah. Yeah, and he was talking about how he's an Aussie-style punter, but he also has the regular punt in his bag, too, so he can, like, change it up on you. He can do line drive. He can boom it. Like, he can do everything. I'm like, oh, yeah. that, that's like a Bill Belichick. Here's right, what you got to remember feels. about Rutgers. That they haven't drafted a player from Rutgers in over a decade. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like this thing right. people say, but look, if there's a year to do it, there's a couple yeah. good Rutgers players this year, but it, it, it's like well, not we were really all in thing. on on. Uh, Pacheco, Bo Melton, right? Like other yeah. Rutgers guys last year that they didn't. Draft. Last year would have been a good year. Yeah. Pacheco, we're going to be good. It's late in the show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's run back to the phones here real quick as we're uh, we're coming down the home stretch here on a Thursday show. Let's uh, go over to Raj in Boston. Hey, Raj. Oh, um, Hardy. Dang it. Good job, Hardy. Wow, Patty hung on for like forty minutes. Uh, Raj could only he only make it about ten minutes. Uh, and Willem and Phillips out too. I read your email and and that's what you give me. Thanks for nothing. Uh, finally. <laughs> Jerry from North Carolina. Hello, Jerry. <laughs> What's going on? There he is. Makes I'm currently laugh every sitting time. here at work right now, but I have that luxury. Um, I just hello, hello Jerry. Y'all real quick. <laughs> <laughs> um, question. So what do y'all think about um, the Patriots just going all in just for one year? Just go all in and sign D-Hop and Odell. Give them both three-year, $60 million deals. That's fully incentive-based based off of their performance and contribution to the team. Well, I, I mean, I'm all in on D-Hop. I don't know. I'll let you guys jump on the other ones, but I, I'd take D-Hop for sure. I, I mean, Odell, I, I don't I'd know. I'd take it's Odell, little, too. I, w- I would take I, him. I, I don't, don't know if you can get both, though. I don't, yeah, I don't think they're going to sign both. Thanks, Jerry. We had many a debates about Hunter Henry versus Jonu Smith, and they ended up signing both. I'm just saying. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know about Odell. Odell... That that one worries me a little bit coming off the injury. It, how much does he really have left in in the tank? I, I'm willing to take a flyer on him if it's sort of a, a, a pay-as-you-go yeah. type of and contract. he could be an incentive to use his uh, Jerry's example. I mean, Hotel Beckham might be in a position where he's not going to get the guaranteed money. He might right. have to take that. Hopkins isn't. No. Well, Hopkins— Why is he giving you a break? So he was on one of the shows yesterday, and he, he mentioned that he's— He's not necessarily even looking for a new contract, right. which isn't a, a bad thing for the team that acquires him because his contract's pretty reasonable for the team that's trading for him. But he he's not necessarily in the boat of you need to trade for me and then give me a whole new contract. Which afterwards. I believe, yeah. but yeah. he's not in the business of giving money back. No, and incentives are giving money back. No, no, no. I think you're pay- you're trading for Hopkins. I think you're trading for him on that contract. I think it's like two years, fifty four million, but not all of it's Sounds guaranteed. Right. The, his year one cap hit in this year, I think, would be a little bit over nineteen million uh, if you were to acquire him. I, I think that's what you're looking at yeah. with Hopkins. Well, my, my apologies to Raj because he was actually just calling in to get a jump on Catch-22. He don't want to talk to us, Paul. He's waiting for these two guys right here. So <laughs> so he's going to hang out for a little bit, about 15 minutes, and he'll he'll wait. Hopefully you guys can get I've to him in the first hour I've been ignored by better-looking women. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Couple, a uh, couple more emails here. Question, um, and I, I like this one. Is it possible? Uh, this is from Peter. Uh, is it possible Bill trades back in the first round to mid twenties, yes. grabs a bunch of picks, and then grabs a Daryl Darnell Wright? Uh, feel better. I don't. That mm. gives them <laughs> a chance to beef up second, third, or fourth round picks for Kuntz, uh, Jack Campbell, Mauk, and some six one cornerbacks. Uh, I mean, I talked a lot about with with you about this, where it seems like you could get to that point at fourteen, and you feel like. I don't really like any of the tackles. I'm not really sold maybe on Joey Porter Jr. Christian Gonzalez is already gone, and it's way too early to take JSN or any of the receivers. Um, I could kind of see it, right? I mean, it yeah, kind of makes definitely, sense to you guys. This is a, a classic Belichick trade down draft. I hate that. Like, I, I hate that, that's, that it, we're making it this easy on him to, to do what he wants to do. But, yeah, this is a classic Belichick trade down draft in my mind. Do you say that? I mean, I agree. But do you say that because of – the positions that the Patriots are looking for specifically or because of the talent available specifically? Yeah, I, I'm looking at it more of we, we go back to the blue chip thing, right? Like That's why I'm asking. Yeah. At, at 14, I want them to come away with a premium talent, like not somebody that is going to fill a role for them and might be a good player throughout the course of his rookie contract. I want them to be in the market for somebody at 14 that we are giving a second contract to and we're not at thinking twice about it, right? Like that's that's the way that it should be looked at. And if you move down the board, yeah, maybe Darnell Wright, who I love, ends up being your right tackle and he's a stud and everything works out perfectly fine. Uh, but I would much rather stick at 14 and even take a player uh, that is not necessarily a, a major, major need, uh, but is still somebody that is in that category of he's just going to be a star. Yeah. So the other part, part two of this. Yeah, oh, wait a second, you haven't heard it yet. Oh, don't, don't don't give up. Um, a lot of people have said you know, the blue chip thing. There's not yes. a ton of high end talent in this draft, right? I think most yeah. most experts are in agreement on that. What do they say about the overall depth of the draft? The cl- you know the class itself. Are there a lot of good players? Or yeah, like I think at, po- at certain positions, like Alex was saying, with the combine, you look at corner, you look at tight end. I think tackle the, those guys. Are, a lot of them are moving up the board now into the first round conversation. Like Darnell Wright, a month ago was a second round pick. He had a great Senior Bowl, had a great combine. Now all of a sudden he's like the end of the first okay. round, early second. I, I think tackle has some really good uh, talent in the first fifty picks. I, I don't know about the depth. And then I would also point to edge. Like, Alex, I mean, we've looked at edge maybe not as, like, a big need for the Patriots, but you look at top 50, like, there could be – Brandon Bean really really talked highly of Yeah. It was corners, tight ends, edge. Because edge has – in this draft, like you mentioned, like, there's not a ton of those big, you know – there's no Jamar Chase at receiver. There's no – there's no – those play, but Will Anderson is one of those guys right. at edge, and then it goes all the way back into the second and third round with options there as well. So I think that edge is a really strong class yeah. as well. This is a, cl- a classic Fred and Paul day two ish of the draft argument. You know, just to get us through when we're, t- we're you know we're starting right. you know it's starting it's to hit punchy. in the five hour energies have worn off. <laughs> um, that's a, a very common thing. Let's trade down, Alex. Right? Let's let's move down and get extra picks. And I always say, well, that that's great in theory, and I and I like the idea. But now you're telling you're telling me that the overall strength of this class isn't great. So now we're going to add more picks in a not so great, you know, top end of the draft. Or the second part of that is, if I have a lot of picks like the Patriots typically do, and certainly do this year with eleven, why not package some of those picks to move up a little bit? And I'm not saying from fourteen. 
you don't have to make a like a big splash trade, but why not take a couple of your lower picks and move up and better ensure that you get what a lot of people say is a smaller class of high-end talent? Well, let me give you, in terms of trading up, you talk about this is a classic Bill Belichick trade down in the first draft. Yeah, and I see it. I understand yeah. what people are talking about. I also think it re- the class really suggests towards making one of those Christian Barmore trades. I think there's going to be a lot of players who are good who they would like who are going to go in that like 32 to 40 range. Yes. Guys like Darnell Washington, guys like Jameer Gibbs, right? Players like that. Josh Downs, the wide receiver from UNC. So do they make a move maybe up in the second round instead like of up the in the first round? Right. The other thing I'd say in terms of the trading the pick and trading down, so if they make the move for Hopkins, right, it sounds like the price is going to be a second round pick. Do they try to do a best of both worlds thing? You trade 46 for Hopkins. You then trade down from like 14 to 20 and get bat for a pick back in the top 50. So you still have your first and second, and you get Hopkins. You just move down a little in the first. That's sort of what I didn't want to throw too many trades into my mock draft and yeah. get too crazy with it. But that was that's kind of where I was going with it is because I think Anton Harrison is a perfect guy that I would probably rather take in the 20s, but yeah. I'm but he's talented enough. If you, you have to take him at 14, I'd be okay with him at 14. But you move down, take an Anton Harrison, take a Darnell Wright, take a Dewan Jones, who we both really like from Ohio State in the 20s, and then maybe replenish some of the picks that you get from trading for a receiver like Hopkins. I, I just think you look at those three fourth-round picks, which are you know kind of sporadic, and you can package that second rounder with one of those fourths and really get wherever you want in the second round. So right. yeah. I think that the, the potential is there. That's what I did in, in my mock was I went up to get somebody that you really like in that early second round. What was it for Baltimore? I think it was a second and two-fifths. Is that what it was? I think Sounds so. Better. It might yeah. have been a second and two fourths, but like they can. We love the trade ups. They, oh, they have the assets. We love for the it. elimination. You know, of picks. we don't love yeah. a lot of sixth and seventh round picks, and no. they got about four of them. Right. right. They don't have any sevenths. Uh, yeah, they have one. Well, they're projected, projected, projected they for one. one. You're right. A comp so, pick. Well, that, well, that was really where they got. Paul, this is one time where it didn't all work out for the Patriots, okay? Because J.C. Jackson was <laughs> no, supposed to no be chess and J.C. Jackson was supposed to be a third round comp pick when he was supposed to be the top oh, third oh, round. Oh, you're talking about pick. the comp picks. Yeah, yeah. Now they're going to probably get a fourth round comp pick for J.C. because he didn't yeah. play enough. He didn't play. Yeah. Okay, which I don't think is fair. Like you gave him the contract. Like that, the the comp picks are based on the contract. Right, because you lost the guy. Don't like, matter to I'm you sorry, how Chargers, that he didn't play. Yeah. Like, that's not that's not our problem. Comp that's your picks problem. in general are in my top five of the worst things about football. I like the comp picks. I, I think it's absurd that you encourage teams to let their players go. Hmm. So you say, I'm going to give you extra draft picks because you don't want to pay your players, and you're just going to let them yeah. go. But it's like yeah. baseball. Like how many times in that, like the last 10, 15 years, and they've altered some of these rules because of it. Well, the whole baseball you know, draft's a mess. He but, tried but to explain at, the baseball draft to no, me Oh, if you make a qualifying offer to a guy, you know, then you can just let him go. Well, wh- why should you reward a team for letting their free agents go? Yeah, I, I understand I where it. you're coming from, but if they get that, if that comp pick does hit at the end of the fourth round, I... I I don't, it's kind of a free pick. Like you just, here you go. Like here's a fourth round pick. And if you end up putting that into a deal where you package something to either move up or it goes to Arizona for DeAndre Hopkins, like I don't hate that. Like it's not really, uh, you still have two other fourth round picks, by the way, that you can use oh, yeah. in the fourth they, round. Like, they're projected to have 11 picks. You should be able to do a lot of Bill Belichick maneuvering. I also think it's kind of too many picks. Like if you just look at the the amount of guys that they have on their roster, you expect them to sign some free agents as well with the cap space that they have. 
they could definitely consolidate picks. They probably should consolidate picks. There were a lot of votes for Phil Perry in the uh, T-shirt contest, the smell, which uh, I get. I, I get. could see that. A couple from my Oh, Greece. because Megan, see, this is, you also get, every once in a while you get a peek into the soul when Megan was on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Megan, Megan found Phil Perry extremely handsome. <laughs> Along with she was obsessed with Maglio Ordonez. Yes, yes. <laughs> she that's loved the White Sox. Two, she's a White Sox homer. Two very different but types of people. But like she just like let it slip out one day like on like on the air. He's very attractive. Like I mean he's very attractive. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we we told of course we ran into Phil. You gotta <laughs> just keep smelling it now. <laughs> <laughs> she was the best. I miss Megan. Um, uh, I'm gonna do one more question. Just um, this one coming from Cody in Indiana. He's like, "Do you think it's wrong for me to want Devin McCourty to retire rather than lace him up for one more year? I think he can still play at a reasonable level, but I just think it's time for a changing of the guard in the locker room, and his presence may stifle some of the younger would-be leaders. Uh, what would you prefer that he retire or play one more season? It's a great question. I mean, I, we're, I we're kind of an waiting answer. to hear. I know, and, and I hear it. I said the same thing of, of at what point are you going to, you know, kind of create a vacuum of sorts that a young new leadership structure has to step up, set, step up? And, you know, at what point do hearing from the guys who won a Super Bowl five years ago, when does that start to be like, you're just kind of the old guys now. You're not, it's, this isn't ringing true to us. I, I just don't want that to happen. I'm not saying that that is, but I just, I do wonder about that of, of you know, you've got these kind of holdovers in, in McCordy and Slater still kind of preaching what was preached here. For a long time, of course, it worked, but, you know, is that message still fresh and, and are people still buying it? That's my question. And no one else's. Uh, no, I, I, I think it's a, <laughs> yeah. the way the emailer. You know, I don't think you're wrong. I see the point. Yeah. We all love McCourty. Right. Um, he could still play. I mean, I don't think he's what he was, but he could still play. He's not a detriment out there. I, I don't have any idea of how to quantify his ability to get everybody on the same page in the back end. Will that be the same if it's. Yeah, you know, I just, I just look at the somebody else. When I, I watch defenses around the league, the Patriots consistently have the fewest busted coverages out of any defense. Like they might get guys, you know, everybody's going to get beat every once in a while, and right. a one-on-one matchup they might get. beat. I know exactly what you're talking, just about. but you're not talking about right. someone yeah. getting three yards behind the guy covering him. Right, you're talking about uncovered. Yeah, it just, doesn't happen a lot with the Patriots. No, it doesn't, and I, I think that obviously it's I give him the, credit for that. The head coach, some but you have to give some of it to him. Yeah. And I and I go back to 2012 when I felt like it was, and he, you know, at as a rookie, it had been in a corner, and there was talk of him moving to safety, and then I was at that Seattle game in 2012 where it was like bombs away on Tavon Wilson and you like that was the need you're like man we just we need a back-end guy I didn't really even see it at the time you know that McCourty was was going to be that guy uh, well because he was still a corner then right right no I know that's what like you know what I mean you had no idea got eviscerated that season as a corner (laughs) uh we're about to wrap up but I just Evan I've got to ask Alex I just want to know Alex uh, just a couple draft guys like who are your who are a couple favorites of your guys just curious who who you know is really crushes I'm on this podcast so you find out no I don't want to why should they give it away for free yeah, because people who listen already know I've talked about these guys enough. Uh, I really like Dewan Jones from Ohio State. You know, how does he fit with the Patriots? They probably need more of a left tackle, and he's a right tackle, but 6-7-3-75, moves like a basketball player. Evan's heard me say this. My comp for him is Tariq Woolen in the sense that Woolen had all the measurables, still went in the fifth round. It almost felt like people looked at him and just thought it's all too good to be true. I kind of feel like people are doing the same thing with Dewan Jones. Everything about his makeup tells you he should be a stud, and there's still people saying hey, it maybe goes in the top 50. Like, what, what are we doing? Don't overthink it. Um, I really like Zach Kuntz, the tight end Kuntz. from Kuntz. Old Dominion. You know, we even can do that, right? 
Like if he catches a pass, we go, Koontz. Koontz. <laughs> Even as far as the draft Probably goes, he's an unknown, didn't play last year. But again, it's the same thing. 6'8", 255, 455, 40-inch vertical. There's something there. Just bring him in and figure it out. Uh, Josh Downs is my favorite yeah. slot receiver. Yeah. I just think he's so technically sound. He, it's just, yeah. I, I think he's going to have a very low learning curve compared to some of the other receivers. Um, I think yeah. that's you it got for a now. Cornerback? Yeah. We got, you got oh, a corner. Oh, duh. Julius Brents. That was like the yeah. first guy yeah. I was in on. Yeah. Big Julius Brents guy. He, he turned me into a Julius Brents fan. I, I, I was, I, I watched a uh, Kuntz. Yesterday, did my deep dive into him yesterday. Waiting on that Twitter thread. And I, 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 I texted him, like, fun player. And he was like, fun player? Come on. Well, because <laughs> hopefully we have the audio. And we talked about him on the show two weeks ago. When I, fighting. when I brought him up, Evan could not have sounded more disgusted when I brought up Zach Koontz and Darnell Washington. Because oh, oh. he was so disinterested. I get that a lot. Yeah, I figured, <laughs> you guys know. You guys know. Zach okay. Koontz from Old Dominion. And I texted him yesterday, oh, and I was yeah. like, this is the guy that they overdraft. <laughs> Like this is the good, and that's why I, I I'm already pre. I'm gonna say this, and I'll end up being wrong and like get it. made fun of, and Matt can play it on a loop. They ain't drafting a tight end from Old Dominion. Oh, so he actually not, not only Old Dominion, Penn State. To too. be fair, he went. He oh, started he went at Penn, Penn State. State. He okay. started at Penn yeah. State. That's different. But all of his production came. No, it's at Old the Dominion. same. They never draft Penn State guys. No, yeah. but I'm just saying he came yeah. from a, re- a real program, had yeah. the ability yeah. to be at a real. Program. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I'll take a late round flyer off some guy from a small, like the Sam Roberts last year. Yeah, not not with a the good the guy that we pick. Well, except. You teach Chattanooga, Paul. Yeah, and and <laughs> I mean now you're preaching to the choir. And South you only, State, and, and you only had to replace him in four different games. <laughs> you're preaching to the choir. PFF tells me how great he was, but Kuntz, know, uh, the coach didn't agree. Coons is your perfect like third round tight end prospect though that just is a freak athlete and you hope that it almost like George George Kittles you know in the league where all of a sudden he just blossoms into a great player. Mike Gesicki's the guy I've used yeah, kind of as yeah, the comp. Gesicki's yeah. a good comp. Alright well Paul and Deuce got to get out of here but you got plenty more of Evan and Barth coming at you here. Uh, we will be back next week of course Monday the tampering period opens so we will be on high alert for any emergency podcast big news anything like that uh, but if not. Know. We do an emergency mm-hmm. podcast for tampering? Uh, oh, yeah, that's I don't know. right. We didn't do one for know. James Ferentz today. Well, I don't it's know. legal We're... tampering now. No, I know, but <laughs> we'll say know. a disclaimer. That'll fix everything. I think Tuesday we'll get you up to date on the tampering, and then uh, and I'll let you guys carry it through the rest of the week because I'm going to watch Matt March Madness. <laughs> I'm right. out, Brick. Stick around for Catch-22. We will catch you on Tuesday. Thank you for downloading this podcast. Subscribe on Apple, Google Play, and everywhere else you listen. Like the show? Please rate and review us. Listener comments and ratings help keep us high in the podcast rankings so new listeners can find us. Be sure to check Patriots.com for more news and more podcasts. The world's original.